Salutations, good people. Welcome to the CS Podcast, where we create stuff, or if you're Trey, create shit. And today, we've got our hands absolutely full with part two. Part two. If you're wondering what the hell is going on right now, if you watch part one, you'll be caught up and you'll know. But if, you don't, if you're just too lazy or just don't want to, or you find yourself halfway through this going, hmm, I like that Vincent Baker guy. I'm going to go back and watch part one. We're doing it because this episode was... Three hours long, so we just decided to break it up just to help make it a little more digestible for you guys. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about all we need to hit on this intro. I believe so. So, to yeah. us, back to us. Enjoy part two. Yep. Yeah. So let's see. We've covered some other worlds. Is there anything else that you want to go into with other? I mean, it's that's one that we could do three or four <laughs> episodes on, honestly, because it's so. You do forty hours on it. I'm just <laughs> it's it's it, there's enough meat and depth there that we really could. Especially, I mean, it's been in development. You've been doing other worlds for. It's uh, this ever. Is, this is the eleventh year that yeah. it's officially been a game. Yeah. Mm. Um. Before that, though, I mean, even when we played the mission game, remember? Yeah. That? Oh yeah. That was basically the foundation for other worlds, but it wasn't public yet. Uh, yeah. Yet. Uh, but yeah, like Trey and I used to play like uh, a lot of Nerf games where we'd have yeah. like, Nerf guns, and I made up all kinds of different game modes for that. He, like, it's wild to think like. You know how kids go out and they just like, oh, we're soldiers and whatever. Like Vincent <laughs> would like create missions and then he would draw vehicles and like he would he would he had currency <laughs> and like we would get paid for doing our missions and then he was also like he would he would like sub in as like an extra person like playing or he might be the bad guy that you have to fight like the boss but then like then he would also like you'd come back to base and he'd be like he'd be like the armory guy but then also like the the chief that gives you the money is like good job team and like get, pays you but then he'd be like all right over at the shop and he'd put like a fake mustache on and then, you know so it's wild because i didn't really know what role-playing games were yeah like it, i don't think any of us really no did. we just but we were role-playing and the idea was it was called the mission game which is you know what became other worlds yeah and in the mission game it's like okay this is the story you know mm-hmm. everyone's uh you know an iron guard like soldier yep uh and then you each have a starting weapon and you can kind of like get new abilities and stuff yeah and then he's right like i drew like i was like here's the the garage that has access to all your vehicles <laughs> yes and you, and you can like purchase new vehicles and stuff and i just played like jack three where you had all those vehicles in that mm-hmm. game so it's like inspired by that and then we'd literally be like okay here's a mission um there's like some bad guys trying to take down the cargo truck you have to protect it yep and so we'd literally get in the car and like my grand my grandparents would drive us somewhere We'd be like going to eat or something. We'd be going out to eat or something, and I'd, I would make that into a mission where we had a whole game that we'd play while we we're in the car, where we had to like shoot down the other cars before they would like attack our car. Before they like passed yes. us or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah. to shoot them a certain amount of times before their car passed us. If their car passed us, we took damage on our vehicle, and I kept up with it. <laughs> like, how in depth is that for? Like, it's so like there. I, I don't know if there are any other kids. Like, I feel special because I really don't know if there are any other kids that either. have it's, done that. Like, that was such a cool. And we had it too, where like if we rode in a certain car we couldn't use certain vehicles so mm-hmm. we had we had heavy vehicles and we had small vehicles yep. we had medium size and so if we got into a, a big vehicle we could use a tank and the tank actually had it where the person sitting in the middle could actually launch the main yeah. uh, launcher so we'd have like in sit in the middle and then he'd be like okay <laughs> yeah. this is what i'm doing he's like boom yeah but you can't do that if we took like one of the lighter cars that just had like the, the two machine guns or something yeah. on it it's like if you're sitting in the middle you don't have access to weapons there you, can... you had to like legit play by the rules of like how the vehicles are set up and that's how you had to play in the car. And bless me, and Pop for putting up with us. She's in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, <just> <laughs> <driving> <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> 
The whole way. So we can go ahead and stop right now, and we can go hop in the car and go do this crap right now. I mean, seriously, he. I remember. I remember very vividly going into. I don't remember whose bedroom it was, but it was over at Mom and Pops, and they're just being Nerf guns and little like foam swords displayed across the the bed, like an armory. And then like there's like there's paper behind it with like different vehicles. Like I vividly remember that. You walk over, it's like, hey, where's Vincent? Hey, he's in the room in the back. Okay, you walk, open the door. Hey, Vincent, how's it going? Good morning, soldier. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we have on tap for today. And yeah. it's like, oh, <clears throat> yes, sir. It's wild. <laughs> we had we had one uh, game. I mean, there's different uh, styles of mission so that was mm-hmm. the vehicle one that we just described we had one that was uh based on like a stealth assassination type mission mm-hmm. where we'd have people that would enter in the home like whenever uh, me mom pop or a family or whoever would like invite guests over mm-hmm. we'd have this whole mission <laughs> where we'd have to tag the guests without them noticing us yeah. <laughs> yes and if they spotted us we lost a health and we normally had three health for these missions so we'd sneak around and be like, all right, you go there and distract them. We'd like throw out like something to like roll. And then look and I'm like, Kristen, go. And then she'd dart out and just tag them. And they're like, why are you tagging me? And we're like, good job. You, you eliminated the target. <laughs> and like we would do that to all the people. And it would be very difficult too. Yeah. Because because they would always wonder what we're up to. So they would always try, they'd be like, you know. <laughs> so, damn kids. Like, that was probably the hardest one uh, out of all the game types we played. We also had one that was like base defense. We'd set up a tent. Or yeah. Like, uh, uh, like on the bed, we'd build like pillow forts yeah. and, and fortifications and stuff. I think we built one with cardboard outside too, like cardboard boxes. Yeah. We could like, we crawled through it. I think we had that like in the garage. We had <clears> yes. The door open. Yes. I think Ian, Ian was the one that liked to do a lot of the cardboard. So yeah. He like created like a lot of cardboard fortifications. We're outside. It's like, okay, they're all attacking our base. You know, get them. It's like first wave's coming. And it's like, okay, yeah. we're recouping second wave's coming. And uh, I would I'd role play as some of the NPCs sometimes. So I'd be like, be like, hey guys, it's nice to see you. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> like, well, just like spin out and die. And they're like, no. We do like we did like team deathmatch style stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like we, it would be like two v two. Like we, we would always swap up teams. It'd be like me and Kristen versus you and Ian or something. Yeah. And remember when you, we had the giant rocket? Like shot the foam rockets, mm-hmm. and I tried to run away. <laughs> from the blast because it had a blast radius and I turned to run and slammed straight into a tree tree. (laughs) I didn't know it was there I was so caught up and I mean the tree is as close as this wall or maybe a little bit further and I went bam yeah because Ian had just decided to just charge you yeah and I was like oh no I can't be charged by him just turns around just slaps right in the tree and falls backwards like a Looney Tunes character it was bad left a little imprint most hurt you got doing any of that. Yeah. yeah. It was worth it, though. I think, <laughs> was, I think that was also one of the first times we hung out. I don't think it was the first, but I think yeah. it was one of the earlier. Kind of in that, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, he just wrecked it. He's an it. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ian loved to build, like, the giant, he'd build a giant shield out of cardboard. Yeah. And he had a cutout, and he, and he had the, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, wrapping stuff? Oh, like saran wrap? Saran wrap yeah. on the back so he could see through it, and he'd, like, walk at you slowly, like a sentry. And you're, like, trying to shoot at him with, like, Nerf guns, and he's just blocking it all. One of my oh, most, yeah, like, terrifying moments, I remember Ian had the lightsaber. And I shot a Nerf gun at him, and he blocked the bullet. <laughs> and you want to talk about like eleven-year-old me crapping my pants? I was like, "Bam!" And I, I just ran. He's a Jedi. Yeah, I ran. Then, uh, I think it was you that I got with this. Where I was like, "Hey, hey, Trey, I surrender. I don't want." 
I don't know if I, I had, I was wearing like a hoodie. Yeah. And you're like, what? I don't understand, Vince. You're surrendering? Like, I've never seen you do this. And I had just purchased this very small pistol that was like this big. <laughs> I was like, not. And I just like pulled out and shot you. That's like the call an ambulance, but not for me. Because <laughs> we would have like five health. So if you got hit by the rocket launcher, it did like three damage. It, no, if you got hit, or, it did or, five. That, yeah, it did five, if but it had. Blast radius, you took you that's, three. That's what Come on, Trey. Sorry. Keep but like, it depended on the, it depended on the weapon. Like if you got shot by like the sniper, it might do like two or three or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the Most, stats. Basically but. the standard ammunition did one. Uh, <clears throat> smaller like missile or like snipers and stuff did three. Yeah. And then the giant mega rocket did five. That's what you need to do for your next venture is just create like a LARP, like just bring that to life and just, just take it yeah. to the field, like take it to the civic center. I thought about it. It, it seems like such such a weird new territory. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how to It'd probably be it. a hit right now with COVID and everything. Yeah. Like we're kind of coming out of it and people need just that human interaction. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely thought, I mean, it's, I think it, it it is a ton of fun. So, but it's crazy how other worlds came from that. I mean, I mean, the foundation obviously was already there <laughs> with, the, with the missions and the characters and the I mean the weapons and just the different like weapons had stats, like 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 you might get like a like like your nerf gun might have like like poison damage or something. Like it was I don't know it was it's yeah wild. I, I had a ton of weapons some of the vehicles and it's important to note that i did all that before borderlands even came out yeah because yeah. now it's easy for me to point to borderlands because it's a very popular franchise people know about it stuff like that yeah but other worlds because we would have been what before that 15 when borderlands came out and we were like a 10 and 11 doing this i, I would have exactly. been i would have been so, like 15 you would have been 16. yeah and i remember <clears> when well, I mean, and we started, I think, when we were like 12 and 13, honestly. Yeah. But I I remember seeing Borderlands in Walmart, and I got it because, like, this kind of reminds me of Other Worlds. Like, that's why oh, I got Borderlands. That's like, awesome. I got Borderlands 1 because, like, it kind of reminds me of, of Other Worlds. But then I realized it was all desert. And yeah. It's all, and, and you yeah. know, and it, at first, I didn't, when I first played Borderlands, I was actually going to take it back. I didn't like it the first night I played it. it felt, really? Yeah. It, oh. Yeah. No, I, I was like, <laughs> that's wild. It just felt kind of a, like dry and boring. And a lot of people have that criticism for the first game because when you, you play it by yourself, it can feel there's like so, not much going on. I'm used to Borderlands 2 because I played the hell out of Borderlands 2. Mm -hmm. I just recently, like, I don't know, last month picked up the collection on yeah. Switch. It was like on sale. And I played through Borderlands 1 and didn't realize how little dialogue there is. Yeah. It's it's very it's very much like there's a lot of reading in Borderlands 1 where like if you if you're just skipping through like you accept the mission and you don't read what it says, you miss most of the humor. Yeah, no, I agree. <clears throat> and uh but I will say what what won me over with Borderlands is when they had they introduced uh, the first boss, which was Nine Toes. <laughs> yes, so Nine Toes. He has nine toes and three balls. Yeah, uh, and, then he, and then he has a cool pistol where he has a blade on the bottom, and then it can catch things on fire. Yeah, I was like, now we're talking. Now we're getting into some interesting weapons and stuff. Yeah, that came from what what initially inspired Other Worlds was more of Ratchet Clank and Jack and Daxter. Could see that. Yeah, and those games have really cool weapons and really cool oh, designs oh, yeah. and stuff, and so. Uh, once you got into that with Borderlands, that's when I felt more at home and enjoyed it. So, in other worlds, you also have so many different like. There's so much lore, like it's rich in lore, mm -hmm. and you have all these different planets. Um, you, you care to dive into that just a little bit? Yeah. So it's tough to know where to start with it. Uh, yeah. Because I basically designed 12 worlds when I was 16 years old. And uh, I felt compelled to stick to those 12 and not make any more at the moment. Yeah. So those 12 have been flushed out more and have been uh, put in this new uh, project going on Kickstarter. 
Um, but once we we dive into those, I might I might start making some new ones. Oh, nice. Uh, that aren't uh, from my 16 year old self. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like a, a part of me is like, man, I kind of want to rename this one, or I kind of want to change this about it. But another part of me is like, hey, that that was my 16 year old self. I want to pay respect to to the kid, yeah. the kid me, you know, that that made that. And I feel like that's important to kind of have some of that charm. So even like. Uh, even like looking back at it now, I might think some of the names are a little silly, or I don't like certain small aspects yeah. details about it. Um, I think it's kind of important to to kind of play into some of that childhood imagination and charm that that yeah. made other worlds in the first place. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the uh, some some of the worlds I, I've been able to. At first, the world started off very basic. It was like here's the ice world, yeah. Here's the desert world. Here's the forest world. And I quickly realized I didn't like that because when people it, it, it became like oh let's just change the scenery yeah like, okay we're on the the forest planet let's change it up go to the, the desert planet so my goal after running the game for maybe a year maybe not even that much I was like I don't like this style of gameplay where we're constantly just moving worlds mm -hmm. I like the ability to move worlds but I want every world to be so compelling and so rich with lore that you can spend an entire campaign on one world and feel completely satisfied. And like you could explore like a whole, a whole saga just on that yeah. planet, which is, has been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, like we played through some adventures where it was like it was very focused on just one world, and it felt oh, like yeah. very much its own style, its own theme, and it felt like mm -hmm. that own that one world was alive. Like when we did the one on um, Yamanoko, oh, and then they yes. had the different dragons that represented yes. the, the different lands, and then they had the uh, the passion dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, 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 the miniature I had for the Passion Dragon had this very long pump. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, you're the Passion yeah. Dragon. <laughs> oh, okay. And he was like giving out tons of money, but before that, they met the the Dragon of uh, Generosity. Yeah. But he gave him less money. Yeah, he was <laughs> generous my ass. Like, <laughs> I'm still a little bitter about that. It's been like three years. Um, but yeah, so that in that world, uh, that that world is supposed to be like Lord of the Rings if it was told through a more like uh, Eastern perspective, like Eastern influences. Yeah. Um, so it has like orcs and elves and kobolds and stuff, but there is a uh, there's you know sort of your more um, uh, Eastern dragons. Yeah. Some some like it's like this is the land of fire, the land of earth. Um, I think what's really cool about like especially like just take Yamanoka for example, like. How how much the worlds have evolved from like like you said like the this is the ice planet this is the desert planet how it felt like a world like it wasn't just a, a reskinned biome yeah. you know like if you go from like excuse me from there to like uh, like Arquin or uh, Frogna Frogna thank you Zepatan that Z one Zepatan yeah. yeah so like <clears throat> how it how the culture is different like it's it's weird to say that but like really it's a it's different cultures on these different planets like how i don't know just detailed it is yeah like because on zepidin like their thing is they're a bunch of survivors they zepidin is one of the harshest like landscapes because mm -hmm. they have like tons of dangerous uh, creatures there um like their their wildlife is some of the most just like you don't want to mess with the kind of yeah. Uh, they also have like uh, like a metal organism that's like this liquid ooze that gets on things and then coats it in metal and kind of takes over the creature and makes them like metallic yeah. creatures that like make them even tougher and harder to fight. Um, 
but a lot of those uh, people there are like scavengers, warriors, mm -hmm. hunters, <clears throat> and uh, a lot of the societies there will, like one of the traditions on that, that planet is they will send off uh, their people as soon as they enter into adulthood and basically exile them temporarily where they put them out in the wilds and then they're not allowed to return. Well, they can return whenever they want, but whatever they return with, they return with like the the trophy taken from a creature that they had slain. Yeah. And the better the trophy, the better ranking in society that they get to they get to have for like job opportunities and what kind yeah. of life they get to have. And some people that are more afraid, more cowardice or less powerful will come back with something small and so they have to get grunt work or you know something yeah. that's not as good. Uh, but if someone comes back with something crazy, it's like okay, you can be, you can actually work your way up to be a general or whatever. Um, it's just so yeah. wild. Like, like yeah. that was thought through that that you came up with that. Like, I don't know. It's so yeah, and it's, like, it's incredible. The last campaign that we, well, not quite the last one, but the one before the last one that I've been running, uh, Other Worlds Adventures. That one takes place on Anthos, and that one's interesting because they they've been having an issue where they started uh with the awakening mm -hmm. which is a, a big event uh in other worlds that's basically the main starter point for other worlds basically the idea is all the worlds in the universe uh have ancient relics and artifacts but they didn't they didn't do anything like people would just look at it and be like oh here's this weird structure here's this weird little thing here none of it does anything then the awakening happens and everything like turns on and act is activated and so it's like, oh, wait, we found we can walk through this and it's a portal yeah. to another world. Or we can use this wanderer to transport ourselves to different worlds. And that's the main modes of transportation. Uh, but they're extremely rare. So like, yeah. a lot of times like groups will have to get together and they're they're like, hey, like none of us have an, a wanderer to travel between mm -hmm. worlds. But we're all interested in becoming other worlders and pursuing that for our career. Let's go on quests, you know, do different missions, do different yeah. things, and try to work together to find a wanderer and we'll split it between us. So that's a good incentive to keep your game going. Uh, but with Anthos in particular, they through the Awakening, they've been able to uh, start being connected to different worlds, get more technology. They've been doing some trades. Yeah. Uh, they've been advancing in society. Uh, they have a lot of humans there that are very um, fascinated by innovation and pursuit of the future and trying to work very hard to do that. So they've been setting up these different cities. But as they start setting up these cities that have a lot of power and energy to them and... Um, Providing like a, a a lot of quality of life things to everyone yeah. there, uh, there's these mysterious uh, like shadow beasts called Chimera that's been forming, and they don't oh. know where they've come from, and then they start attacking the cities. They feel drawn to them, and they're like, "Oh, this is a problem." That they, they they don't know where they, they've come from, uh, and then you have people out in the wilds that are different, like the satyrs and uh, the centaurs. Yeah, and those people living out in the wilds, and they were living fine without the cities, but now the cities are constructed. And all these beasts are coming to attack them, and they're, oh, yeah. they're kind of getting wrapped up into things. And they're like, "Well, we hate that you guys are doing this." <laughs> and and uh, so it's just created this whole like interesting world with what's going on with that. But the uh, the chimera, like slight spoiler alert, uh, they 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 have something to do with this entity known as Zexavus, which I've known that yep. you've heard yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, before. And I know the Zexavus name. was uh, this ancient uh, being that was constructed by the ancients. Um, which is the the race that left all these relics and, and wanders and stuff that they they were like the the first race uh, that inhabited the universe and uh, was developing all this technology they got super advanced and then they're like we can create we can create something amazing that's powerful that can create things in and itself but that thing became so powerful it was, it was like oh no we can't stop <laughs> yes. it uh, so they had to do whatever they could to stop it and uh, they had to basically sacrifice themselves the majority of them to seal that thing away into another dimension. 
Um, and these chimera are sort of, uh, is like leakage from yeah. that dimension and spawning into this world. And they're drawn to the city because they may or may not have uh, some sort of ancient thing powering up their cities that they're using to their benefit. Oh, so, okay. So there's a lot of interesting lore that's all connected there. Like Trey and I played in a campaign where it's on a whole different world and they had a whole different thing going on with Zexivus. Yeah. Where, you know, his his hand was coming through the block. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what, this is just a hand? Yeah. Like wiped away an entire fleet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so there's a lot there, there's a lot of lore. And uh, at first I was scared, like when I, when I made other words, I was scared to add in all this lore and stuff. Cause I yeah. was like, well, if I have all this lore and I, and I tell everyone what everything's about, then people can't be as creative as they want to because it puts them in boxes. But then I learned that's nah. not the case at all. You, you, it, it gives you- I almost feel like it opens the box. It does because with some limitations, it actually gives you more freedom. And, mm -hmm. and you, cause it gives you like a path to start on. It gives you some ideas to work with. Yeah. And so Other Worlds is very much about that now where it's like, I want these to feel like awesome uh, worlds to travel to and inhabit and to live in. And so they're very much like fleshed out and they're not just like a basic Well, body. they're alive. Like, it, I don't know, it's not something that I can say and now my my tabletop role-playing experience is limited. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've played Other Worlds, I've played d and I've played uh, a couple of other small offshoots here and there. Mm -hmm. So it is limited, but I feel like of those that I've played, Other Worlds feels the most alive and the most just, I don't know, vibrant, rich. I, would I appreciate that. I feel like there is a lot of RPGs on the market that just go for generic fantasy. Setting. And it's like, oh, you can do whatever you want to with it. Create your own world or in yeah, it, you it's know? It's like, here's the thing. You have elves and doors in a tavern, and it's like, okay. <laughs> Seen that, it's, done it's it. It's fine, yeah. but like, there's not more, you know, there's not more to it. It doesn't feel very inspired. And so I think another unique thing that I like about Other Worlds uh, is it's a D6 system. It is. And yeah. the and the ex the explosions that happen. Yeah, so exploding dice for anyone watching that doesn't know what that is, is that anytime you roll a dice, if it lands on a six, you get to continue rolling. It counts as a critical. Oh man. So you can just get criticals on top of criticals. It's such a rewarding feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many times we've sat there and uh, I, I guess it was in the mines. We were down there with the dwarves and I was down to like one health or something. Like, I think Ajax was down, like all the miners were hurt. And we were like, we gotta get out of here. We're gonna, the, it's a party wipe. The Cobalt King. Yeah, the Cobalt yeah. King is a party wipe. I was like, what are we gonna do? Six, ah, six, ah. Six, yeah. and like, like, and the more you do, the more sixes you roll. You they they add up as points, like a point system that you can cash in to do really badass things. Like that's just the best way to put it. It's just super badass. I appreciate it. Yeah. So for example, if you have two crits, you can double your damage, or you can get an extra attack. Or if you're being attacked, you can use your two crits to do a counter attack. Yeah. So you can evade what they're doing at you and just stab them in the neck or something. Which you don't do in a lot of no, uh, in a lot of tabletop role playing games. You can actually roll for defense in this yeah. one, which I appreciate. Yeah. It, and part of that too is I noticed that in, in other RPGs I've seen it that since they lack that mm -hmm. when it's not your turn. And when like an enemy attacks you and stuff, you like you might notice people pick up their phone and they're yeah. just kind of like, okay, well I've done my turn. Yeah. Uh, even if I take damage, I don't have to roll for it. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to make any decisions. I'll just pass my turn until it's back to me. Yeah. With other worlds, it's like, oh wait, I'm getting attacked right now. Y your ears perk up because you know that you might die. Because that's a whole other thing about other worlds. Too, oh yeah. Is other worlds? Uh, is I I've heard I've heard people say more than other RPGs, it feels like the S hits the fan. Uh, yes. Quickly. And what's yes. crazy is if you just look at other worlds, you might not think that because a lot of times 
like you know there's a lot of, of color and there's like some silliness to it so you might think like oh it's just like a power fantasy mm-hmm. the idea is like it, it mixes the idea beha- be, between having like cool powers cool abilities being able to do cool things mm-hmm. but i love weightiness i love it when you see like a punch and it connects like it it's felt. It feels mm. like an anime. And uh, like, I know Caleb has likened it to that. Like when you start describing things and like you come up and you do the flips and like, and then like the f- fucking boss like catches the sword or something. And you're just like, cause he rolled two crits yeah. and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. and, and let me say this too. So I'm watching that might be familiar with tabletop <clears throat> RPGs might say, well, that's just the way Vincent runs it. But even though that they're, there is a partial truth to that. The game itself lends itself to that type of storytelling. Very much because so. Because in another RPG, if you're like trying to describe this epic anime fight, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, he dodges out of the way and he goes to punch you right in your face, and it feels like the anime fight, and I say, all right, he rolls, and then you have 150 health and he dealt eight damage, does it really feel like that was a very impactful hit? No, but if you have 12 health and he does eight damage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you feel it a lot more because yeah. you're like, oh no, I'm on the cusp of dying. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm almost brain dead. Like, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, a lot of the, the hits feel weighty. Like, if you get hit... And, oh, and, yeah. And, but what's cool, though, is there's a lot of opportunities to, to defend the attack or to dodge mm-hmm. the attack, too. So, it's not like you're constantly being hit. It's just if you are hit... It's probably going to hurt, especially yeah. if it's like you know you had a, a, a bullet shoot. You hear something. Yeah. Well, it's it's very dynamic as far as the combat system. It's very fluid. Mm-hmm. It just it just flows well. I haven't had an other world session, whether I've run it or you've run it or somebody else has run it, that I've sat there and been kind of like waiting. It just kind of it it's it flows really well. You're engaged because you never know what's going to happen, and I like that. Like the enemies are dangerous. Mm-hmm. But they're also, uh, how do I put this? Like, they're beatable. Yeah. So like, like there's there's just enough challenge. It's not a Dark Souls where you're gonna get your ass beat in the ground mm-hmm. all the time. But it's not like running through a Mario game where there's really no, like it, there's there's risk, but there's a reward. It's I don't know. It's it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. The it idea, really is. The idea for the baseline difficulty for other worlds is <clears throat> I want everyone to think or to feel like there is a small amount of danger. Um, and if they played, if they, if they if they act really stupid, then someone might die. Yeah. But if you all play decently well to good, you guys should make it out okay. Yep. You'll be fine. That's the idea for the baseline yeah. challenge. Now, you might come out with <laughs> 10 less health than you came in with, but you're still alive, or maybe somebody's exactly. down. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I did run a game recently, though, that if, if someone's watching had watched that stream... Uh, basically, everyone got murked. Um, but <laughs> but, but I, I rose the difficulty on that one. Yeah. So it, it wasn't your baseline challenge. I was like, let's see if they can handle it's, if I, if yeah. I kind of add the, the challenge level. So I gave them a little bit more than they could chew. And it, it actually showed, like, if you start raising that difficulty level, like, it, it's actually felt within the players. Abby was in that one. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was really bad. The only reason that we even were okay was that those guys were rigged to holy, which I had. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she could counter, like, them, and, and uh, they were weak to, like, stuff that she had, but that that was... We just done, like, a dumb one-shot where, like, Martians, like, invaded the city or something, just, just like, as, like, a really dumb thing. That's yeah. not even part of the official lordy thing. Uh, we, were, we were having a Martian theme week because we were playing Destroy That's All right. Humans, um, and so I was just like, I'm just gonna theme everything Martian this week. <laughs> Uh, nice. So that, that didn't have much relation to other worlds, but it was a fun session nonetheless. Yeah, it, it was fun even if we all got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but yeah, I appreciate that. I, and I feel like sometimes people uh, could feel like maybe, like without playing the game, just hearing about it and hearing like <clears throat> six out of dice, you roll them, they explode, so you yeah. keep rolling. They might feel like, well, that sounds like it could be kind of swingy, you know, kind of thing. And to be fair, it might be a little more swingy than maybe a traditional RPG, but yeah. it lends itself to where uh, it, it's very intentionally balanced that way to where it's, yeah. it's, you're not like penalized like heavily for something. It, it, it doesn't feel like anything's uh, unfair that lasts. Or well, anything, like, And I, I like that both sides are equally weighted that way. So I can't tell you how many times I've hit three crits and then the boss come back with four and I get counterattacked. And I'm like... Because <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like... Ah! And then you start rolling, and we're like, "No, no," because they cancel each other out. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And it, 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 it's just it makes it so it keeps you on your toes more. It's it really does. I like, I like to look at it that way. It, yeah. Because if it what if it wasn't for that element of the game, I think you'd have more of that monotonous combat. Because one thing I hate is just yeah. the idea of like like hit point sponges. Like you, you oh god, you deal yes. damage, they lose hit points. They deal damage, you lose. You know, it just yeah. goes back and forth. In other worlds, it's very much like every single round is drastically different. Like, everything that changes mm -hmm. from round to round is, like, noticeably different. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a blast just, just listening listen. to, the, to the lore and all of it. Like, I'm just taking it in. I'm telling you, man, like, we could do four or five podcast episodes just on Otherworld. So there's so much to dive into. Yeah, and uh, I haven't made many changes to the game uh, over the years. A lot yeah. of the changes have been very minor. It's been, like, some rewordings or maybe plus one or minus one. Or a... Layout of a character sheet, I know. Yeah, yeah, and the layout, you know, those things, like in general, like don't change that much. Like, cause you still yeah. have the same information. It just moves just, different places, I, I, so it I, looks more pleasing. Yeah, and I want to make sure the the information is more easily commu communicated. Yeah, because even I just updated the character sheet, but then I got to play recently in a game, and I was thinking like I could do this a little bit better. I could make this a little bit easier to read and stuff. But luckily, you can know the rules, and none of that stuff will affect you. It's just that you can yeah. play the game easier. Is the idea. Um, what was it? Oh yeah, the only change that's happened uh, of any real note that I think since you played, yeah, is um, when you played. There were character backgrounds, which mm -hmm. you know you could say your character came from nobility, they came yep. from the streets, that kind of stuff. Uh, I I changed it for something that I think lends itself very much to what Otherworld is all about, and something that I think that would excite you, which is called themes. Now, what a okay. theme is is it can be the background, so it can still be nobility, can still be you know raised on the streets. We get to pick two. So Ooh, having your okay. one background that's among these six things, and then you have two people that were born on the streets, two people from the ability, and one guy who's like some like uh, working job or whatever. Yeah, you can choose themes, which are way more interesting. Themes are going to be things that uh, help describe your character and give them sort of uh, an extra oomph to to sort of uh, either help your role playing or um, uh, characterize who who you are. So, for example, one of the themes is animalistic. So Ooh, if you're like, okay. oh. Uh, I want to be, like, uh, a human, but I want to, like, maybe someone wants a homebrew campaign where there yeah. are, like, a race of people that have, like, uh, fox ears. Like, they're humans, but mm -hmm. they have fox ears and they have, like, claws. Yeah. Well, you can choose the animalistic theme and give yourself fox ears and claws. So it gives you, oh. com like, completely new options on the table where you can really create what you want. Uh, cyborg is a theme. So you can just choose the cyborg. You can choose whatever race you want, like normal. So you yeah. can be a cyborg of that race. And you get to choose that, and you get to choose your augmentations. That's awesome. Signature weapon is a theme. So like I'm a fan of Ruby, and in Ruby, they get to create their own weapons. Mm -hmm. Ruby herself has a weapon that's a uh, 
a sniper rifle uh, sight. Scythe. Yeah. And with signature weapon, you can actually modify and create your own weapon that actually gets to level up with you as you level oh, up again. Yeah. What? Yeah. So that can be your theme. Uh, your your thing uh, could be an heirloom that's passed down from generation to generation. There's a thing that goes with that. Uh, there's one that is for a, a caretaker. So it's like mm -hmm. if you want to be someone, the caretaker theme makes it so uh, basically like once per day. Uh, you're so thoughtful and caring about those around you you can already have a gift kind of already ready for someone that can oh. be like flowers or wine or like something simple that's not worth a certain amount of money yeah uh that's described in the game and so you can like always be prepared to like give something to someone uh themes by their nature aren't classes they're not meant to sound like classes or anything so it's not stepping on the toes of, of uh, characters classes um and also i didn't want to create any themes that were like a go-to where everyone felt like they needed to pick it. Yeah. An example would be a theme that gives you an extra attack. Like, since yeah. there's combat in the game, it's like, well, I'm going to feel like I'm missing out if, if like everyone I, yeah. else gets an extra attack, and I don't, uh, especially just from this theme. So the themes are a lot more like role-play and story-focused. Okay. Even if they, some of them might have effects on combat, but not necessarily giving you advantages. If anything, it might just negate disadvantages at okay. the very most. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, there's elemental augmentation. So if you wanted your your person to have an affinity for fire, where for some story reason you could be uh, burned by fire and it yeah. doesn't hurt you, you Caleb. can actually have that. <laughs> <laughs> you could have that as part of your theme, uh, and you could have it too, where fire does more stuff. Oh yeah. So I so I modified that one a little bit, Abby, to even be yeah. So I so so there's a thing called mind over matter. Okay. And part of that is it's basically, it encompasses anyone that can get over physical limitations by mm -hmm. being like in their headspace, but in a very positive way. So, uh, for example, they can sense everything around them without having to see. And so you get no penalties if you can't see, for example, when it comes to fighting. That would have been perfect for my character. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there's also, um, uh, you have a higher pain tolerance, like uh, suffering from pain, unless it puts you in critical uh, health, uh, doesn't make you lose concentration. You can also Ooh. hold your breath twice as long as normal. Uh, and you can also go twice as long without having to uh, eat or uh, need water or anything like that. So, and, you, and you can also apply that to anything else you can come up with for the World Master. So they're like, hey, I have this Mind Over Matter thing. So like, can, would this apply? And you can have it integrated yeah. into the story that way. That's cool. I like that. That's a, that's a good change. I like I, that. I appreciate it. And it adds more of that mix and match thing. So yeah. you might choose Mind Over Matter. You might choose Mind Over Matter. But each of you might choose a whole different thing where yours is you can turn into a fireball. <laughs> yeah. And then yours is you're a cyborg. And then on top of that, you're both, you're you're a dwarf and, and you're a human. And then, you know, so it just, it, yeah. it adds itself to that whole mix and match feature. But speaking of which, I mean, the classes, you get to build your own That's what I was going to get into next. So, you know, you both might be playing assassins, but he might be specking into a sniper that is very good at uh, uh, having like persuasive dealings and uh, has like a lot of black market connections through his skill tree. But you might be one that uses two swords that's good with dual wielding and has shadow magic. So you mm. play completely differently. So the class system is is a is a tree based. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I guess tree based would be the yeah, which is inspired after video games. And I I don't know I I'm sure there's a tabletop RPG that has this. I haven't I've seen, never any. seen it. I I've I've never yeah. seen it's it's the most dynamically different class system that I've ever seen. Like typically with your, like when you level up in a, in a, in a in your traditional tabletop role-playing game at level three, you get this skill mm -hmm. at level five, you can choose between these two skills. But like if I play an assassin and you play an assassin, it's, it's pretty much the same thing, but at, at level five, maybe I took this skill and you took that skill, but we still dual wield or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's pretty cut and dry as far as, what you do now, you could always like multi-class and that kind of, mm -hmm. that kind of ups the uh, customization a little bit, but 
I don't know, for me, multi-classing in those is a little confusing. Mm-hmm. It, so I never really did it that much. It, it, it is, I, I think it's especially confusing for new players. And one, yeah. thing, I'm, one thing I've noticed is other worlds <laughs> when new players play it actually understand it easier sometimes than people that play a lot of other tabletop RPGs. Hmm. And I think the reason yeah. why is because it's actually very intuitive, mm-hmm. but people get used to playing games that aren't intuitive and they get their, they're get, <laughs> yeah. they get their headspace into all these different rules. It's gotta be convoluted. Yeah, they get into these rules like, oh, like multi-classing has to mean that you have to you know, forego this to get that and try to go a level here, not a level there. Yeah. Whereas in other worlds, it's simply like you build your own class right out the gate and you just go through the tree and you have fun picking whatever you want. Yeah. Finally, an advantage to not have an experience. It's <laughs> so... Granted, I'm a little biased because it was my first tabletop role-playing game, hmm. but it is still the easiest one. Like even having, like I haven't picked up other worlds and played it in a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I know that I could still sit down and I could play it. Nice. Just like I had played it then, I could create a character and not have any trouble. Like it's super easy to just just jump right into, and it just it just makes sense. Right. Okay. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to we'll have to play again sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm itching for it. I had some really fun times with the the kobolds and the, the black seas and <laughs> yes. stuff too. So, which is one of my favorite play. Like ah, oh, the black seas. Oh yeah, yeah. The pirates and and that's gonna. We, so we have an into the black tides module that we're working on. Mm-hmm. That one's gonna be separate from the coral book, but that one introduces uh, pirate roles. Oh, so, so everyone much fun. That's on the ship. It has like uh, ship mechanics. And you get to, it uh, tells you like to name your ship, and then you choose who's your captain, who's your cook, you know, <laughs> yeah. all these different things. And then you could go ahead and describe your character. I want to check my notes on my phone. Oh man, it was like a like a Frankenstein like. Uh, so he's called a what was it? I guess his name was I called it Igor Igor like a play on Igor, you know, with Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a he was a grafter, but like basically his skills is like when he killed an enemy, he could he could take harvest parts from that enemy and graft them onto his own body oh. and yeah which, I could, which our friend died in the first session but yeah that's a little but, but here's, the, here's the thing uh so, so normally in other worlds like i just said like your baseline challenge is that yeah. normally uh people won't like permanently die in the game but yeah to be fair in this case this person made a very very dumb decision yeah i was about to say you're good as long as you yeah if you're not making like dumb decisions which i guess it kind of like the way he was playing his character kind of made sense why he made the decision but still it was a dumb decision yeah, and it was, got him killed there's like a hundred <laughs> like a hundred skeletons a lot of more archers and they built a fortification. They were going to tunnel in the skeletons yeah. through both ends where they split at the wall and they have to go on one of the other sides, yeah. get funneled in, pick them off one by one. Uh, this person decided, well, the gargoyle character flew flew by and then turned his skin to stone and uh, the, the arrows didn't do anything to a stone yeah. skin. Uh, this person also could fly, but was very exposed, had no arm or nothing yeah. like that. Flew over, was like, I can do that too. Flew over, looked <laughs> at the skeletons, and they just went... Craig! <laughs> Down the ground. It was it was still alive, but like barely like uh, and the skeletons walked over and just took their axes and started chopping oh, no. her. Yeah. She's like, ah just, Death check, it. death check, no. And then and then uh whenever he got a hold of her, uh he like ripped her wings off the wings. his body. Uh, but they found a way to bring her back to life, but she was mad that she lost Yeah, her she wings. lost her wings. <laughs> I Aww. wouldn't give them back. But I was the cook. I was the the quartermaster. I guess yeah, the quartermaster. And uh, that was my primary job was making sure everybody was fed and good to go. So uh, With wings, was, you can do that more efficiently now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can reach the top shelf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very nice. But no, it's such a cool. I mean, I don't know. Just that whole 
pirate expansion was a lot of fun. Just all the different play testing. And then in that same vein, we weren't really playing as pirates, but we kind of used some of the races and stuff from it. I thought that's where I had the blind, uh, the blind, bleh, the blind gunslinger, like exorcist, like his. Well, it's cool. Is is that whole world is the pirates? You know? Yeah, so yeah. That, that so. So the the idea is you have this entire world to to uh, discover and role play and, and figure out, uh, but there's one continent called Yedrich, and that and they have a lot of criminals that escape onto the kind of the edge of the world where there's mm-hmm. the Black Sea, and that's where a lot of piracy happens. Yep. And it got even worse because there was this uh, this king, uh, King Ravnos, was ruling over all the stuff, and he had been ruling for hundreds of years. Is very uh, he's like a vampire dude that was a terrible yeah. king, tyrannical. Yeah. Uh, he would subjugate humans. He subjugated the uh, the werefolk, um, and basically treated everyone like crap, uh, even some of the vampires. Uh, and then he had some of the vampires in his highest ranking. He treated well, uh, but the the werefolk and the humans bonded together, to, uh, staged a rebellion against them, and they partnered with some people that were on the inside mm-hmm. uh, of the of the vampire kingdom, uh, such as his right hand uh, captain. Um, and he got the captain to betray him. But the the, the problem was is the werefolk and the humans lost tons of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bloody rebellion. And then the the captain managed to kill the king. And then when they walked in there, the captain was sitting atop the throne. And then he took charge instead of the werefolk yeah. or the humans. Oh. So vampires are still in charge. Yep. But it's a new guy in charge. And he used the werefolk and the... Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. Now, here's where it gets complicated. Uh, understandably so, a lot of humans and werefolk are angry about it. Yeah. But, but this king is nicer. He is nicer, so it is it is crappy what he did, but he is he he's not uh he he, he doesn't just uh, subjugate people. Uh, he might give them crappy jobs, but he will pay them, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And he will give them work and stuff, and he does compensate for it. Uh, he, he does you know tend to lean towards them having the the lesser jobs and stuff, but they are getting paid. and yeah. They're not they're not being tortured or anything like that. Um, so. It's kind of it, it's 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 tough because it's not as uh, black and white as is like oh well this guy's just evil we just gotta take him out because like life is considerably better now <clears throat> so some people don't feel the need to, to go at war again uh, but where into the black tides comes into play is some of the king's former uh, people who were very awful including this uh, guy who was like one of the scientists that was like an evil scientist experiment mm-hmm. on people tortured people doing awful experimentations. Uh, he fled to the Black Seas alongside uh, some of the other generals, captains, some of the other people. And you're tasked by the new king. Um, he, he basically gets his sister uh, to be a she's a she, she's an assassin for hire, but makes her into a, <laughs> makes, you makes, swooning. <laughs> makes her into a privateer and has her form a group. And then uh, you can either play as the privateers going to capture the pirates. Mm-hmm. Or you can just play as the pirates on the Black Seas trying to avoid the privateers. Yeah. Um, and you can try to choose how you want to role play that. Or you can just completely ignore the pirate stuff mm-hmm. and just play like uh, like a, a Halloween Game of Thrones going on yeah. in the rest of the world because there's different castles. There's vampires and werefolks and there's like, you know, weird political things with like rebellions and stuff going on. So you can sort of ignore the pirate stuff if you want to focus on that. I think my favorite character out of that is Captain Buffbeard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I love, I love the. That's another thing with with other worlds are the names. Thank you. I, I'm glad that you like the name. Poe, like <laughs> such a stupid name. I know, but it's still. I still think. I still think of Toe from time to time fondly. I just want you to know that. That's good. I want to. I want to put them into a game at some point. They have a board game, and you get to experience the yes. board stuff. You know. Well, that's something I, we don't have to touch on it. But thinking of board games and offshoots, like I love that. Uh, 
everything kind of happens in the same universe. Like Spellslingers has like its crossover with other worlds. And like, I'm, first thing that comes to mind that I don't know if you're ever going to do anything with it, but Fiend Hunter mm -hmm. took place on Transyl. Like it, there's a tie in there with other worlds. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's no, I appreciate that. Yeah. Fiend Hunter is a board game I made uh, like two nights before my birthday <clears throat> party when I turned yeah. 18. And I, I knew I was having some friends over, and I was like, I, I just I, I just felt randomly inspired. That's how most of these games happen. I'm just, like, doing whatever, and then, boom, it hits my brain. I'm like, I have to make this. Yeah. Like, that's literally what happened with Heads or Tails and Ghoul Team. Like, I, and Spellslingers. Spell, I was going to say, Spellslingers Spell was a yeah, yeah, Spellslingers I made in one night. Like, I made the initial draft in one night, and every single card in the game I made that same night with the exception of one. Yeah, because that's wild. One card confused everyone, but I changed that. But yeah, it just it hits me, and of course, like through playtesting, some of the numbers change. Yeah, the rules are kind of uh, maybe changed a little different and stuff. But like in general, a large basis of the game is formed. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. What, what, we were what, talking about Fiend Hunter. In, yeah, Fiend in, Hunter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I definitely want to do something with Fiend Hunter. I have some ideas. Uh, you'll have to stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, but the very least, I want to make nods to it, or yeah. I was looking at a uh, maybe a Fiend Hunter X Spellslingers expansion. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, I'd I, like I, that. I, I did the mock-ups for the for the character cards. Yeah, and it has that like red and black look. Oh, it has yes. The, the card art and stuff. I was like, this is just really cool. And uh, they they have a unique mechanic that I'm toying around with, where uh, each of the characters uh, they deal with their effects. Uh, being that you banish cards from the, the mm -hmm. discard pile, which means you remove them from the game. Ooh. So you can selectively choose things that you don't want to reshuffle back oh, in. Oh, that's cool. And then you can fire off their weapons that do certain effects. Nice. I like that. Yeah, so got some cool things going on there. Um, Is there uh, anything on your bullet point? Like, Because yeah, I know so, you brought a list, so I want to yeah, so, make sure we hit everything that you want to talk about so as well. So we, we kind of unintentionally talked about everything, except for I guess one thing I want to talk about is we talked about like the themes, which are really cool for like... Uh, story purposes and a lot of character creation purposes. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, create your own class, which also lends itself to that. We talked about how uh, weighty the attacks are, how fast mm -hmm. the combat can be, how dynamic it is. I love that you use the term dynamic. That's my favorite term for that. And yeah. I think that aptly describes it better than a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Um, the only thing I'd like to add to any of that is because uh, some people are very, they, they want to know more about the story type stuff. And there's something I put at the front of the game in the Other Worlds book, mm -hmm. which is uh, it's labeled Puzzles and Problems. And the idea Ooh. the idea for this is um, it, it basically tells you at the top of the book, it's like, hey, look, this is important. Like, if, if you have uh, any certain idea in mind for, like, a specific, like, we'll say, like, a riddle that players get. Okay. Or, like, a certain trap that has to be solved a certain way. Uh, it's very much encouraged by the game itself to say if the if your players come up with cool ideas, to roll with it. You know, like it. Yeah. So like for example, the riddle might say like, oh, they have to do this, this, and this. But the game itself says, well, what overrides that is if they work together to create something cool, go off of that story and add to that, and let that bypass the puzzle or the riddle or whatever it may be. I like that because to me, the story the story part is more important and the collaboration is more important. So I, I try to make sure that the rule book is putting weight behind that. So yeah. it's not like people have to assume these things. It's the game itself telling you that this supersedes the other stuff. That makes sense because I feel like I've had so many of those moments in other worlds. Like it's, it's, it really is a game filled with those. Like, you know how like people talk about like their, their other tabletop role playing game sessions. They're like, Oh, well, you know, this one time I did this. It feels like every time I play other worlds, I'm doing that just mm -hmm. 
it, it just it lends itself towards those moments, which to me are is, is something that I I enjoy a lot. Um, I appreciate it, and, and it's not over the top. Like it, it doesn't get played out. Like it's it's not that you're doing anything crazier. It just like it. You, you go into saying like it's not anything. Like you're not doing anything overpowered or anything that breaks the game. It's just these moments that are really special. Like you came together and like you solved this riddle in a really funny or interesting way. That like it's very memorable. There are a lot of memorable moments. I should say. Yeah, and the game itself. I mean, because people watch and they're like, well, you can do that in any game, and it's like. Yeah, but the thing is, is like whatever the game is designed to to kind of inspire and make you think of, yeah, definitely has a huge emphasis on like how people end up playing the game. Yeah. Uh, for example, I mean, uh, like Pathfinder, for example, uh, I'm not sure if they changed this on their character sheets, but uh, at least at a time they had it where they had no personality traits listed on the characters. They yeah. Had, you know, like you know, D and D has like your bonds, your mm-hmm. uh, ideals. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Well, Pathfinder didn't have any of that, and people in Pathfinder were like, hey, like. That doesn't make the D and D better because in Pathfinder you can also like come up with bonds and ideals and stuff. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that, the thing that game design helps with is by having them listed there. Though it gets you thinking about it. Whereas a lot of people that play Pathfinder aren't encouraged to think about it. So yeah. yes, you can do it, but you have to kind of go out of your way to do well, it. Well, there's there's a difference between being able to do something in a game and it being integrated into a game. Exactly. With, it, with having it in mind. Yeah, so so that's what that's a good way to put it. So with other worlds, I tried to integrate yeah. very important things such as this that people like to experience as opposed to just saying like, oh, yeah, you guys can technically do whatever you want. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other part of it... I just had on my notes, and I was like, I'll remember. I can put my notes away. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of times what's standard in, uh, for creating characters in any RPG is what I call like top-down design, where you start with like the name or like the, yeah. the character's race and then the, the class. You just go through the book choosing things. That especially makes sense if you're new to the game, you're mm-hmm. trying to uh, learn like what type of lore it has, stuff like that. But after you get more familiar with the game, uh, Other Worlds actually encourages you now to go from bottom up, which mm-hmm. I think is fun. So it's like if you have a cool character in mind, you can actually start with the you start with a cool character idea in your head, and then you're incentivized to create uh, the character um, out of your idea, like uh, through the game mechanics itself. I've created Spider Man, like yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the idea is you 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 start from your imagination, and then you make sure that the game works for you, other mm-hmm. than you working for the game. Yeah. So that's that's something that. Uh, I'm proud that the game I feel like can represent very well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's see. There's so much to like like moving away from other worlds. I mean, we've talked about spell slingers, we've brought up obviously Gulatine, we've de- oh, yeah. delved the, into the, that. The crawl, you, you you lightly touched on the uh, the idea of it being a shared universe. And oh what's, yeah. What's funny is that wasn't <clears throat> intentional, but the idea is it just makes sense for other worlds. Yeah, yeah, it really does. The very na- other worlds was the first game, and by its very nature, there's multiple worlds, mm-hmm. there's multiple universes. Therefore, so just by its very yeah. nature, it just made sense. And then when I did spell slingers, it's like, well, like why can't there just be a world where there's these spell slingers and like yeah. their thing is they they get this magic and. So Spellslingers has its own lore and its Ooh. stuff going on. And I know at one point you played around with a Spellslingers class uh, that mm-hmm. you'd created for us that we kind of, I know we we touched on it when we were all playing Other Worlds heavily. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I forgot about that. I need to I need to pull that back out. Yeah, so like it, it's cool that not only did Other Worlds dip into Spellslingers, but Spellslingers bled into Other Worlds as well with, with a cl- its very own class. And, you know, it, it's not 
a quote unquote a canon or official, I would say, because you're still yeah, it's something that's still that, play tested and haven't yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's it's something that was there and it was thought of. Yeah, and, and speaking of the crossover and things not released, uh, there's a card game I'm working on that's based off of uh, like a visual novel, like visual novel. Oh, interesting. But as a card game, it's called Heartseeker, and the huh. idea is it takes characters from all of our games. Uh, and, <laughs> okay. And you, and you try to win over their hearts, and whoever wins over the hearts of uh, most people in the game, most of the characters, <laughs> by the end of the game, wins the game. So That's cool. cool. That. Interesting. Um, and so we have uh, that one's cool because it's the first game that very much acknowledges the crossover. Component yeah. Because there's characters uh, from, <clears throat> from like just like your your like first uh, other world stuff to the uh, um, other world stuff that we've done on Twitch. Yeah. Spell slingers to Legendaria. Um, that was another one I was going to touch on too. Yeah. Uh, like in we'll they even reference so we have a Spellslingers character in there and she's wearing a shirt that has a uh, ghost from Gulatine on it. Oh so, no. Like, so <laughs> okay. even like even that character is referencing a different game. That's such a cool little Easter egg like I like that. Yeah, that is you. cool. Um, I'll have to show you guys some of that stuff. Uh, I don't have anything with me for that but uh, that one that one's been a ton of fun playing. Uh, it, but, yeah. It's just crazy how many like for those that don't know you, like I've played so many games <laughs> that you're like, oh yeah, th- I came up with this, and I'm like, okay, like it just it, it it's like you never stop. <laughs> it's just always popping that's them off. My biggest problems because I yeah I have uh, I have other games on the back burner too. I have one that you would really like uh, called it's currently called Gallant, and that one is um kind of a like my it, it's currently my take on Greek mythology, but yeah. but here's the thing is that it's kind of interspliced with there's a few other mythologies kind of sprinkled in through yeah. the wormholes that kind of show up in this Greek oh, mythology. Okay. And then other expansions can be other mythologies. That's cool. And uh, it's basically my take on a like sit down like strategy card game. Mm-hmm. You know, like your other popular card games, Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Where instead of being like Spell Slingers, it's more um, kind of like a bridge game where it's like everyone sits around the table, plays, very portable. Yeah. It's a nice in-between game. Uh, Gallant is very much like here's like my take at a very like actual like strategic like we each bring our own decks we each choose our own like main character to like be our leader Ooh, I like and we that. go head to head and uh, to, it seems like it's probably Abby's favorite game that fits within that line of like being like a strategy yeah. card game yeah. uh, the idea is at the start of your turn <clears throat> you gain three gold no matter um, okay uh, yeah no matter whose turn it is or what turn you're on you gain three gold and then you can choose to spend that gold however you want to play your cards that have gold costs or you can save your gold and play bigger things. Oh, but okay. You never get like gold screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so you never have to worry about like not having enough. Um, and there's an interest. One thing I love about it is uh, a lot of card games choose between having the idea of like you attack with everything at once. Yeah. And then they choose to block. Mm-hmm. Or they have it where you attack a character, you attack a character, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but what it is in this game is. You can choose to attack the player, mm-hmm. um, or you can choose to attack a vulnerable uh, enemy unit, which is the ones that, that if they're turned sideways, they're vulnerable. Oh, uh, so okay. You can, you can selectively target hmm. their people who are vulnerable, or attack them, and then they can choose to defend themselves. And the idea is, whenever you hit someone seven, every time you hit someone, you, you gain um, you gain valor, and as you, and if okay. you gain seven valor, you win the game. So there's also a cool component where you, no one gets eliminated until the game's over. Because if we play a four-player game of Gallant, you win by getting seven uh, Valor. Yeah. Like, no one gets eliminated the entire time, so everyone's playing the game oh, the entire geez. time. 
which is very unique for those style yeah. games because normally you have like life points or hit points or whatever. Yeah, or like we'll Trace team up zero. and take you out because that makes sense. Form a little alliance. Yeah. Like th- and then I sit out for like an hour because you guys are still playing. Yeah, yeah. which that, that's in and going back to the game design. I haven't played a game of yours where that is an issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have a game where you're sitting out and just watching for any more than five minutes. Like, mm-hmm. Spellslingers is the only one that comes to mind because you can be eliminated in yes. Spellslingers, but the games are so fast. Yeah, where, like, because I know that can be an issue with games, and uh, Spellslingers, I let it, like, I let it slide or whatever just because yeah. it is such a, it's meant to be a fast and quick game. Yeah. Uh, Heads or Tails don't have that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heartseekers don't have that issue because it's when all the characters have uh, been won over yeah, yeah, yeah. you gain the favor uh, like all the no more characters are in play the game's over then whoever has the most wins so there's no elimination there uh, and then Gulatine's like even quicker than Spellslingers is Jeez. So, yeah <laughs> um, there was a I remember so one of my favorite games that I played you had like a like this other world social deductive like do you do you remember that? It was like we we oh, okay, you would get so like I've, so I've tried making a few of these. Oh okay. So are you talking about? There's one I made where there's a there's like a bear mode. I don't, I don't think this is what you're talking no. About. It was like, like it was almost like a cultist. Oh yeah, I think it led into the it was a zomquatch. Okay, I know. Zom- what you're talking yeah, about. yeah. So I do want to make that into a game too. So that was so fun. Okay, okay. So I'm trying to think about which one's okay. So real quick, the one so I made one since then. It's called Project Lycos. Okay. And the idea is I'm not sure if you remember the OSI ruins. It's like the pre-made adventure in other yep. in other worlds. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, Seymour, the guy with the slick back hair, yeah. and the electric baton. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, the idea is Project Lycos is the last mission that him and his best friend Niles goes on before okay. before they kind of go up a tier and then they stop doing missions because they're at a higher point in their career kind of stuff. Yeah. So they're like, hey, best friend, let's go on this last mission together. The missions, Project Lycos, they go to Faragna where a bunch of bandits have captured this artifact that transforms people into bears. <laughs> <laughs> and these bandits are like, what is it? But they're just coordinate. And then and the idea is you're going there as best friends, as con artists trying to sneak in, take the artifact, and get out. Okay. Uh, the thing is, is it plays kind of like werewolf. But the villagers are the bandits. And the bandits are there, they're, they're gun happy, and they're going to try to kill you or whatever. And as okay. a con artist, you, you get caught, but you have to act like a bandit. So you so you, you portray yourself. It's such a weird, like, reverse almost. like. And, and here's what's weird, too. There's an otherworlder who kills someone every day. <laughs> so there's like an otherworlder going around just yeah. fucking someone. Um, and so it becomes a really crazy time. And there's a variant of the game called Bear Mode. And what, what Bear Mode is, is all the bandits... Uh, basically, the idea is by the time you show up, all the bandits have already turned into bears. They're all bears. And then you, uh, you get the, the relic, but you're trapped in the village, and basically you have to pretend to be a bear among everyone else in order to survive. And what a bear does in the game is you can't speak. You can only grunt, growl, and make noises. So if we all play, and I'm like the con artist trying to sneak out, and you three are bears, I don't want you guys to know I'm a bear, so we're like, oh. And then Trey would be like, ar, ar, ar. And, then, and then whoever ends up getting pointed at the most is the one that the bears maul and kill. And then we just, and then we flip over your cards or whatever and see, and we move on from there. But that game's not released yet, but because we're, we're still playtesting it, that's the general idea. That right there for anybody watching is peak. I mean, that is that is a perfect example of vindicated entertainment humor in all of your games like it doesn't matter if it's other worlds spells like that that humor carries itself across each and every game that you develop i feel i appreciate that like sometimes uh i, I try like because I, I, I try to mention humor and, stuff, and people are like well yeah. comedy is subjective and it totally yeah. is but it's like 
you, you get you, you can at least tell like if you're going for it or not if you're yeah. taking yourself very seriously like a lot of tabletop RPGs are very serious they're yeah. very oh, yeah. like you know uh, muted you mm -hmm. know there's some color but it's like muted yep. color um, and what's weird about that too is a lot of times when people play those RPGs they have fun they laugh they make yeah. silly interactions it's like the game's made serious and then they still have funny interactions anyways, but Otherworlds plays <clears> to that. It's like, yeah. it actually fits the universe of Otherworlds. It's mm. like, it lends itself to the humor. That's good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, but the game that you were talking about, Trey, that was called, um, I don't think I ever had an official name. I think yeah, I, don't... I, I prototyped it called The Hunt, but I'm sure that's already taken. Uh, so maybe it's like the Zomquatch hunt. Yeah, you had like a, like a cultist that was trying to sacrifice everybody yeah, yeah. to the Zomquatch. <laughs> yeah, so the idea is a, zom a zombie Sasquatch, or like a Sasquatch <laughs> got resurrected by a necromancer. It's a zombie Sasquatch called the Zomquatch. Yep. Every night it goes in the village and just takes someone out and beats them to death. <laughs> and the village is like, we have to put a stop to this. So a band of heroes joins up together, but you don't realize that out of the band of heroes, there's a secret assassin, there's a secret cultist. Yeah. And as you go on these missions, everyone has different roles they can play. So mm -hmm. if you're the fighter, you you have attack cards and you have defense cards. If you're yep. the healer, you have like healing cards and maybe defense cards. And then if you're uh, whatever else, you have other cards. Yeah. And then the mission that you go on will be random from the deck. And the mission will say, okay, this one, some people got injured. Uh, you need to heal them so they give you supplies. So we need two healing cards put in this. Thing is, is every player puts in a card, shuffles it, and then you reveal. And if you didn't meet the criteria on the mission, you fail the mission, and yep. then someone has to die. Like someone ends up getting murdered by, on the mission where the Zomquatch comes out and just yanks one of you and rips yeah. you in half. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it's like, man, this is brutal. And the cultist is secretly trying to get everyone murdered because he just believes he's like worshiping the Zomquatch. Yeah. Things that it's like, is this God or whatever? So <laughs> someone just throwing the mission and you don't know who, and you can choose who goes on the missions too. Yeah. So say like this one needs two people on the mission and it's the four of us. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure if I trust Trey on this one. He's, he's laughing a little too hard. He's like, yeah. the cultist looking his eye. Let's, let's, uh, let's, me and you, man, let's go on this mission. And then it turns out you're the cultist because you're just playing it straight, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I really want to make that game. And honestly, that game would be simple in terms of like, there's not many components. Yeah. There's a few location cards. There's a few uh, roll cards and, and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know why. I, I, ha I think it's just, uh, it needs a decent bit of art. Like not a yeah. whole lot, but probably 300 to $500 worth of art. I and gotcha. Then, mm -hmm. And then once it goes up, I'm kicked. And then probably like, uh, you know, 20 <coughs> hours worth of Kickstarter prep. But then after yeah. that, I think it'd get funded. And I think yeah, I think it would. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really fun game. Yeah, uh, you've inspired me to like revisit that and make sure <laughs> to get that made because it's just a, it's just it's so tough because I come up with so much of these like like really fun like simple card games. Yeah, that it's kind of like what I'm getting known for, and I don't I don't mind it necessarily, uh, but I do I, I do love the idea of like experimenting with like new types of games so it's not like oh this isn't all i can do. keeps your brain like elastic like you're uh, creating those allows you to port like it builds that creative muscle i appreciate it and i think you could at least say too like from playing these different games like even if like i have several like portable games they're very different oh dude you've got that one that's like a social deduction you've you i mean this was portable and completely different the uh heads or tails was mm -hmm. completely different i even remember you had an other world's like spinner game like you would it was oh, like it was I like i don't want to say like Beyblade. I don't really remember how, but I mean, like, it was like these little cards, and like you'd spin and like other world spin clash. Yeah. And how it came up with this game? I was in art class. I drew a kraken, and I was like, "This thing is awesome." I, like, I don't want to throw it away, but I had this whole sheet of paper and a bunch of dumb like homework on it, and I just had the cool picture here, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna rip this out." So I ripped it out. 
I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, this thing's useless. It's just cool art. I was like, well, what if I turn it into a game? So I wrote numbers on each side of it. And then I was like, okay, so I, there's numbers on it. So that, yeah. that can be a game element, but how can I make this into a game? And I was like, I wonder if it spins. So I spun it and it actually spun on the table perfectly. I was like, oh, so we had two people spin, compare numbers, highest number wins. Yeah. Very simple game. Very simple. So it started off not even being an other world thing. It started off being like, I made it like a banana dude. <laughs> and you could like slip under the crack and hit it on the other side. Just like random monsters I sketched up I made. But then yeah. it's like, okay, I have other worlds. I can tie it into that universe. So I made all other worlds themed uh, spin clash cards. And uh, with that, uh, what makes it more interesting too is there's mechanics. There's a flanking mechanic where after you both land, if you have the flanking mechanic, you then can move to either side. Yeah. So the flanking guys would be weaker, say twos all around. And this guy might be seven, 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 zero. But if you have the flanking guy landing like this, you're like seven, two, I beat you. You're like, nope, I have flank, move over to a zero, kill him. Yeah. Uh, so like that's a simple mechanic that's in there. There's one where uh, the slip mechanic, you slip behind them. Yeah. And then you hit him from the back. Uh, there's some uh, cards that said that they can't be uh, defeated by characters of high power. You know, yeah. the ones that let you spin multiple times and add up the totals. Like yeah, the gunslingers had that yeah. ability. So I, that one I want to make at some point too, but that one's tough because you would need someone who could print like a custom type of thing that would be so good for that. You remember Pogs? Like the like uh, the yeah. you throw them down and you collect them. Yeah, I picture it like that, but you spin them. Yeah. Like that's but, how like I almost that's how I pictured but it. But it couldn't be that cardboard type material I don't think yeah I don't know it would need to be like either like a metallic coin or like a, Ooh. That'd, be, that'd be that'd be the upgraded Kickstarter maybe, that would be cool yeah or maybe some sort of like plastic coin yeah. yeah I think you could you could I think it's doable yeah you know that but, Spin Clash I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the first game of yours I ever played because oh that's cool yeah you uh you brought it with us Oh, it was like a work dinner where our oh. boss was like, here, like... She paid for all of us to go out to eat, and uh, it was me, Abby, and our, our two co-workers, and we mm -hmm. all ate at Joy of Tokyo, and I brought, and I came up with all these different games for us to play. Like, I, I came up with, like, a weird, like, uh, dating game thing. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and funny oh. enough, I, I was like, me and Quentin are partners on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... But I got stuck on Raisin. <laughs> <laughs> that's his name. Uh, okay. But, but we, we played oh, okay. a game. We Poor played, Raisin. We played a game where you had to, uh, it was like, do matches attract or do uh, differences attract. Yeah. And uh, me and Quentin uh, chose uh, matches and then they chose differences. So we would have to have the same answers to get points, but they'd have to have uh, the, the opposite answers oh. to get the points. That's I neat. Something like that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, so yeah, that was yeah. fun. And then we played the Spin Clash game. So that was a fun time. Um, but yeah, so, so other games I'm working on. So there's. So I already named two that I'm working on that, yeah. that haven't been released. Uh, the Hunt one and the Heartseeker one. And then Gallant, that's three. Um, there is another one I really want to do that is, it seems like so much fun, but I just came up with this. I haven't got to play test it yet, so maybe it's not fun, but I think it will be. Uh, it, it's based on other worlds, but it's kind of, it's a, it's a board game. Uh, more focused on the cards still, but um, I'm trying to just go through my head because I haven't had a physical prototype for it. But everyone chooses a character they play. Okay. And each character has a role-playing trait. And the role-playing trait tells you how that character uh, acts, and you're encouraged to act that way. There's no penalty to not act that way. So kind of going back to what you said earlier, yeah. it just it's there to help inspire you to get into the feeling of role-playing as like yeah. an introductory to role-playing elements. But there's no downside to not role-playing. Um, and then, of course, they have an ability they can use, and then you have a certain amount of actions. And it's a cooperative game. Uh, and then you go after the enemy deck. There's enemies that get revealed, uh, sort of like the Bloodborne card game. You have like an enemy yeah. reveal themselves, the enemy attacks, 
Uh, you try to defend yourselves, work together. You can have a healer on the team, healing part of your teammates and stuff like that. And you all fight against it. Um, but to make it sillier and, and funnier is there are some uh, cards where if anyone goes to die in the game, everyone starts the game with a save card. And then if you play the save card, it keeps them from dying and it will reheal them. Uh, but the saves describe certain moments through Otherworld's campaigns that I posted. Oh, and, that's cool. And the save has a role-playing element that you're encouraged to do, but you don't have to. But, like, for example, uh, there's one uh, campaign I ran where these people, at, at the start of the campaign, went to uh, go stop this hydra farm from happening because mm-hmm. this person was breeding hydras, and, and hydras are illegal in Anthos because they're just ravenous monsters that yeah. tear through everything. And uh, they arrested that person. But then later, they kind of befriended this person. They kind of got had some of the laws changed uh, in certain ways where there can be, like, some uh, supervision to kind mm-hmm. of have these hydras. And then when the city was attacked, these hydras busted out of the ground and just started attacking and, and defending the city. Ooh. And it was under control by uh, this character that they had befriended. So you can have that be a save card. So uh, after, so basically, the idea is since the, the hydras are hiding... Uh, is you hide under the table until it's your time to, to come out and shine and play your cards, <laughs> and you go back under the table because you just go back under like the hydra's head. <laughs> but there's one where there's this robot guy that was just a head at the end of the campaign. <laughs> yeah. He was a bad guy, but he turned into a good guy. So you can play him, and he was a robot. And, uh, well, it's complicated. He was a robot that had a human soul trapped in it. Okay, Anyways, okay. Uh, he had uh, the robot part of his head uh, left and was helping people. If you play that save card, you have to attach your head to the table and just keep your head on the table <laughs> at all times. Um, so there's just dumb things like as you're playing the game, everyone's acting silly. You're trying to play save cards yeah. to make sure your friends stay alive, but it's making the game goofier as you're going on. Uh, there's still D6s that you're rolling, just like a normal combo yeah. that you have. Um, and also, uh, a cool mechanic that I just remembered is, uh, say someone starts as the party leader, so we'll just say you. Uh, you start as the party leader, um, you're the only person that can choose to attack the enemy that turn. But what we can do oh. is we can choose to support him. So every character has a support and de- or has an attack and defense stat. But our defense counts towards our support in supporting him. So you'll have characters that aren't as good offensively, yeah. but has a high defense stat that can lend to your attack. So it's like, okay, mm. I'm a support character, so I'm going to lend to your attack. <clears throat> and then you can go in for the attack. And then you two can try to do uh, like extra abilities or yeah. extra cards and things like that so you have more utility. Um, after, like and then the enemy will focus on the party leader, but after you finish that round, yeah, you change the party leader, and then the enemy will focus on you, and then you're the one that can choose to attack, and then we can choose to support you. So it mm. constantly changes the dynamics of what enemies are in play, who wants to attack, who wants to support, who's better at what, and since everyone can attack, support, and have an ability or two, it really and you have cards in your hand to play, yeah, it really gives you a lot of options while still making it simple, so you're not like not sure like what's going on. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. Nice. Uh, and I don't even think Abby's heard complete. I think I told you briefly about that game. You did. Uh, but that one's one I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, giving the world. And then there's a whole nother game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, just, I tell you, man. You just always just yeah, just this, firing. This other one uh, would be the most challenging game I've made yet. Okay. Uh, for sure, it's called the the name of it is Shards of Ymir. Um The idea is it it's. Um, it kind of has like some Norse uh, mythology inspirations, but it's definitely not like just Norse mythology. It's uh, it's mostly inspired from Final Fantasy, actually. But the idea huh? is it's meant to be a storytelling focused board game. So the idea is uh, there's a there's a story that that everyone reads at the table. So everyone gets idea for what the world is, what's going on, uh, the general story stuff like that. And then you choose your first player uh, to play as the main character of the story. Her name's Ivory. Okay. And she has this whole setup with her family and. Uh, 
basically you have someone reading the story through, and then there's different options that she has as a character that you get to choose, and it gives you different cards to to set up her build that you oh, start the cool. game off. Um, and then it introduces a second character, and then you have that player jump in, and then they choose, then they're playing that second character, yeah. and then you have your four characters jump in, and then throughout the story you can actually you can acquire other characters. And you can have someone swap their character off to play that new character. That oops, sorry. You can. <laughs> you can say like, okay, I want to swap off and play this new character because this new character is cool. Yeah. And you get to play them, and then the other characters can still stay in your party, uh, but if they're not controlled by a player, they give you a support ability that still helps you out, and it feels very much in theme of them. But you don't have to worry about controlling a whole other hand and yeah. getting things compl- uh, complicated or convoluted because I'm very much against that. Um, but the idea is you go through the store and as and as you play and make decisions, it actually builds your deck differently. But it's very much in favor of the narrative first and like the story first. Okay. And how you play sort of this like role playing adventure, but like play through it together. Um, and That's I've, neat. I've never done that before. And I haven't really seen that. I was just said that uh, it sounds unique to me. It doesn't sound like something that I've seen done. I appreciate it. And the the combat mechanic for that that I'm trying. Uh, is kind of what the last one is that I actually took inspiration from this one on that other one I described. The idea is whenever you get into a fight, you can set up your party however you want. Where you have, uh, it's it's actually inspired a lot by like Darkest Dungeon, which I think you played. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you have like your rows uh, of enemies, you have your rows of your of your yep. friends, and then you choose which order you want to be in. And the mm-hmm. guy in front is always getting hit, but you can yeah. choose to move during your turn. So if you're in the front, you can be the guy hitting up up, up front. But you can choose to swap out, and some of the enemies hit the back person. Or, or hit yeah, the they, they have a bit. Or the way they attack, yeah, they yeah, can. But by default, by default, most of them will hit the front. So that's going to be the one getting the aggro. Yeah, but you got you have to be careful because the person in the back could also get hit, and it changes up your strategy. So it has kind of this like tactical, like like simple tactical component for the combat as well. I like it. Yeah, and for the characters in that, we have Ivory, who's a very uh, strong spellcaster that. Uh, people seem to be very interested in, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know why, but it seems like she has like untapped magical potential that she doesn't quite understand yet. Uh, but when she gets emotional or she gets scared or worried, uh, like storms and like tempests oh. are forming, and she can't control it, but she's scared of her abilities. Uh, but what helps her is she hones her abilities through playing violin. And as long as she's playing the violin nice. and she sinks herself out, she can actually like have the storm, you know, attack the people that she wants yeah. and like keep herself safe in the harm but she has to like get her mind in a very calm place and use the violin as a as a catalyst to kind of achieve that that's cool well, that's like a that. creepy image yeah <laughs> well, there's that well it gets creepier because uh, uh, one, one of the first characters introduced is a giant stuffed uh red panda uh who's who, interesting uh, who came to life uh through magic and is her best friend and swears to protect her at all costs and uh his his whole class is he's like a brawler, um, and you can pick up different. One of the cutest things on planet Earth, of course. It's got to be tough. weird. Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool too is uh, he gets. Um, there's different like archetype cards you can get, which is yeah. like your class cards, and he, you can get like the Puglist or the uh, which is like an old term for like a type of yeah, yeah. fighter. Uh, he can get like a prize fighter, boxer, and it changes the way that your character fights and plays. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah, so you get different archetype cards that changes the way that your character plays, and you get different equipment. That style for your character. So all the like fist, like brass knuckle type equipment goes to him. Or you can get mascot hands uh, <laughs> as, as a type of equipment for him. Or you can get uh, boxing gloves. Yeah. Uh, 
And then for uh, the girl, uh, Ivory, you get different types of violins and musical instruments you play. Ooh, that's cool. Um, there's a friend that she has, uh, like a childhood best friend. He's like this like cool guy, but kind of awkward. He's like the yeah. roguish type. And uh, his thing is he duels daggers. <clears throat> and so he has like uh, Eris and Desania as those daggers, like Rom- uh, Romulus and Remus. Yeah, uh, So nice. they, they paired off, you know, different names like that. Um, then there is another, uh, she has a, she has a female best friend, um, whose name is Clamor, and <laughs> she is like a gothic, uh, uh, mechanic. Okay. Um, she's like a punk mechanic and all of her weapons are named after like grunge rock bands. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And she has her own, uh, robot, uh, fairy that she built that flies around and heals people and stuff. I just love the creativity and all the characters. Thank you. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Robot fairy. Yeah. That's no, that's a new one for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I try. I try very hard. <laughs> um, then there's a, there's a girl who's a female Viking that, that, uh, sailed from across the continent. Yeah. Because she heard that there's conflict happening. She, she wanted to be, she just wanted to fight. fight. Yeah. 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 So, uh, currently her name's Liv and she's, she's just this big, brutal, uh, blonde Viking chick with a giant, she, she wields giant, uh, melee weapons. So it can be giant swords, giant, uh, oh, axes. Nice. Um, she has some fun names for her weapons. Uh, like, of course, she has bad axe as a as a weapon. That she gets. <laughs> but she has some other ones too. I can't remember the names of. Uh, then uh, Valhalla. Ivory, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ivory has a brother uh, who went missing, um, and he he also has a lot of magical potential. Yeah. But he has his own agenda that he's doing, and you don't know his themes and what he's doing. But his his stuff deals with space magic, We're gonna open Ooh. up like a black hole and stuff. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, and then uh, he doesn't he he doesn't show he kind of plays a part more and more the later in the story you get. Okay. Uh, and then there's a guy named Avery who um, who is very optimistic, but he's kind of on the wrong side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully you can like win him over to your side is the idea because like his heart's in the right place. Yeah. But he's being deceived by. The bad guys, gotcha. story yeah, kind of thing is, is his thing, and he plays the role of like the paladin, you know. So, he, oh, okay, he's kind of like a, a night yeah. healer type dude. Um, and I think that's all the main characters of that story, but uh, I'm very interested in trying that one out. That uh, what's tough about that though, too, is like playtesting it seems hard because I feel like you'll have a lot of friends or people that would be that would have fun playing it the first time, but once you start hearing some of the same story elements, yeah, over and over, it's like, okay, well, we already heard, I mean, and granted, you can kind of skip you know the introduction if you've already yeah. heard it and stuff like that but i'm curious how people will feel about that um but i mean my idea for that is you, you have your main story mode where you go through it the one time and it's a big vast like campaign yeah. experience like even like a video game you play the story mode and you normally just play it one time you're good yeah and you're you done play it over again with new friends or even just by yourself or whatever you can um so that's fine i'm also trying to make it too where you could solo mode it and or you can play with just you and a friend oh that'd be so cool there's no limit well, I mean, it's probably going to be like one to four players, but yeah. like you, so there's a limit to how many you can play, but it's like, uh, it's, it'd be a bit different than spell slingers and heads mm-hmm. or tails, which is very much like play with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited for that one. So hopefully we'll look at that one out soon ish nice. in, in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> something. We'll see. We'll see. We'll say one, one game at a time, getting everything. <laughs> yeah. This year I've taken it a little bit slower just cause we have other roles, which is such a big project. And then we have our wedding that will be in September. So I didn't want to like overburden myself. Congrats too much. by that, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. That. Thank you. 
that I told Abby I didn't want to be too stressed out, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, wedding's stressful <laughs> enough. Exactly. So, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that uh, this year, but it's allowing me to have a lot ready for next year. So next year, I'm hoping I can just be like, Kickstarter. Yeah. Kickstarter. Hit the ground yeah. running. Every every few months, just like, here's this card game, here's this yeah. card game, here's this card. Because at the very least, I mean, very realistically, Heartseeker's almost done with his uh, art and components. Yeah. Uh, the game that you brought up, The the Hunt, mm-hmm. um, that one I actually do feel comfortable. There's actually a guy that I've met who has a whole database full of really cool artwork that oh. he allows people to use for free as long as you just credit him. Yeah. That game might actually... I, I have to look at that to see if it fits, but maybe it won't because it's... I don't know. We'll, we'll see if I can tie that yeah. into other worlds and stuff still. Um, but either way, I think that even if I had to like have art done for it myself yeah. or whatever, I think that that could very much work. Um Shards of Ymir would definitely take a little bit more time, and um, Gallant can definitely take some time. Initially, my idea with Gallant is I wanted to illustrate all the art for it and yeah. just have it be like my art style, but I realized I don't feel like, I don't have the time or the motivation to <laughs> to draw as much as needed on top yeah. of everything else I'm doing, so I'm thinking I might just have some art done for that, um, but I definitely got to show you Gallant, dude. You, you, will okay. love, you would love that game. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. I was going to say, is there anything else that we haven't hit on? Abby, you want anything? You're as much a part of this, too. Well, you said uh, illustrations or... Yeah. Or yeah. whatever you want to talk about. Uh, well, gee. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Way to put me on the spot. <laughs> what's, what's some of your favorite things going on with Vindicated? It can be... It doesn't have to be game-related or it can be... Yeah. I just really love bear mode. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just love bear mode. <laughs> uh, That's the Instagram no, part. I, I had a lot of um, fun illustrating Gulatine. I, like, okay, I illustrated most of Legendaria. And yeah. And it was kind of, I mean, I did volunteer to do that, but it was kind of a slog. But... Uh, for the reason why she says that, I want to interject real quick, is because <laughs> I was trying very hard to push her in a certain art stylistic style yeah. art style that isn't hers, mm. uh, which I didn't realize it, it was something that would be like a slog for her, like not be comfortable, yeah. that kind of thing, but it's not what comes natural to her. And uh, I think I think you can tell too with the Gulatine art, I think it kind of shines like a certain way, like there's a certain twinkle in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the legendary art is still good, but it just, I, I feel like you can just, you can't notice it just by looking at legendary art, but if you look at the guillotine art, I feel like you can tell there's something a little bit more special there. Like, that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So here, I'm going to pass the, uh, you can look at the guillotine deck here so you can look at the, the art that she did. Okay. Um, but yeah, he wasn't even going to have me do the, the guillotine art necessarily, actually, but. I was like, well, I just I have an idea for the witch card. Yeah, well, part of oh. I felt bad too because I was like, she didn't like doing the legendary art. I'm not gonna ask Abby to <laughs> yeah. to do the Gulatine art. Yeah, um, but I drew out witch and I was like, oh, I really like this. That was fun. I'm gonna do a few more. And then I I did all those at work. And then when you came in, I was like, look at what I got. It's got such a distinct <laughs> style to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Even Blob, like you made Blob have personality. <laughs> like, <laughs> I tried. I uh, so yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I am gonna do this one. That's what I'm talking about. 
Want to stay blocking his personality. <laughs> yeah. And what's cool is you might not think is blue as being the go-to for Blob, but like Abby very strategically chose the color palettes for every single yeah. card. To she thought about them individually and as a whole. Oh, that's sure cool. That they all like kind of filled their own roles, uh, like color palette wise, which is something that I oh. don't have a uh, particular <laughs> skill in. Well, good job. Like that's Thank a win to go. I appreciate that a lot. See what you're saying, the witch. And and from what you guys said earlier about liking Halloween and just the the monsters, not necessarily like scary, just but spooky. Yeah. I get that through this whole uh, deck. Yeah. If there's any questions you'd like to ask, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've, like, well, no, I, I've, I I've kind of spearheaded it, but I know there's probably stuff that you would like to know too. That from somebody that has no experience with other worlds or any of these games, like it would be nice questions from that a fresh perspective well after i mean this amount of time it's no yeah. i was just here to be a sponge to soak it okay. in i didn't know where to start with questions and any any kind that i have any kind of questions i did have have been answered for sure yeah so trey there's uh i think there's two cards out of all those that i designed i did not draw but i like laid out to abby i was like this is how this monster should look you want me to guess i want you to try to guess which <laughs> which of the two monsters i designed myself where i was like this is exactly how it should actually kind of four yeah technically yeah, technically four. 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 four two two of them though are are less noticeable i'd say but i think i think two of them are a little bit more noticeable but i mean it's hard because it's all in her art style you know? yeah so uh, it's tough, but uh, yeah, a lot of those were basically Abby's complete imagination and, and interpretation of how they should look. Um, I had basically just had my own designs for four of them because I, I was like, this is this is how this should look for sure. Yeah. And I have a lot of fun designing how a lot of the characters and stuff should look for a lot of the games, but I gave Abby a lot of creative freedom when it came to that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, giving me four, first of all, I feel like is the vampire one? Nope. She, really? She, no, but she, you might think that because of the hair or something. I don't Maybe. know. It just, yeah, I guess. My yeah. second guess okay. was going to be, I'm probably really bad at this. Is it, Was the ghoul one? Nope. No? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the Wendigo? That yeah. was one of my. Okay, that was another. That was going to be my first guess. one. That was my third guess. Okay, maybe he's better at this than you, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's yeah. your second guess? <laughs> My second yeah, guess? Yeah, your first one was the one to go. Um, the, and this is that you designed and not her? Yeah. Um, might have to look again. Yeah, that's fair. I don't even... Well, obviously, I'm bad at that. Now I'm second guessing everything. And I'm like, well, I was thinking this, but maybe not. Like, Yeah, it, I, mean, it, I mean, like I said, she drew them all. So did I say like, the skeleton? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, but I did. I was That was the one that surprised me the most in terms of like, I really like that Abby yeah. made the decision to give him like the, the top hat and the gloves and the, yeah. the tie. I really love those choices. I don't think I would have thought of Minus, that. Was it the Chupacabra? No. No, that, something about that. It looks so different from all the other ones though. <laughs> that one stood out to me a lot. I don't. I don't know why it just looks so different than the other ones. Like not. Chupacabra was one of the hardest ones for me. Because yeah. Everyone has their own idea of what the chupacabra yeah. look like. Okay, so the boogeyman was definitely one I, I definitely designed. Okay. Like, he he was one that I. I skimmed over him for some reason. Yeah, I was like, I don't know where I. I the, so the initial idea was uh, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Um, I think it's called Gravedigger, uh -huh. and it has this little weird dude that kind of looks like that with a weird big smile. I think I know what you're talking about. I always about. love that card, but it's like it's a pretty awful card. It's not yeah. a good card. No one plays it. 
But I was like, I want to make a card that kind of reminds me of that that's playable. But he also has kind of like the, I don't know, like a like a mascot charm to him, like a like a Mickey <laughs> yeah, mascot yeah. thing going on. Rubber hose. Uh, like a rubber hose look, and I, I don't know, I don't know where the I don't know where the hat idea came from. I like it. Yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. But and then the other one's the ghost and the spirit, because um, Abby was drawing some different ghosts, but I was like, I really. Picture him looking like this for some reason. So yeah. I really wanted that. And, and I'm glad that because weirdly the ghost and spirit was like she was struggling with it. Yeah, because they're just <laughs> the idea is so simple that it's like how do I make this? Yeah, interesting. I, I noticed like I saw ghosts and then I saw spirit and I thought how cool like just that you were able to yeah. you know make them two different looking entities because yeah, when you think of a ghost and a spirit an illustration yeah. of it most people would think of a ghost yeah but it's one picture in mind yeah yeah and like I guess in the Gulatine lore the ghost uh, is it looks more um, I don't know if friendly is the right word but like not not mean or mean spirit yeah, not, yeah. Threatening. not threatening there you the go. spirit's a little bit more like he 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 and mischievous <laughs> and, and his ability like the ghost doesn't have an ability because he's not threatening or anything yeah but the spirit can uh essentially kind of like bring back a card from the dead and take over its value for itself nice so it's a little bit more imposing yeah by the way i totally didn't mean to dunk on legend like <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't my intent i still had fun with like a a good amount of those. Don't you talk about my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we've gotten complimented on the art for Legendary, and yeah. people do like it and stuff, but I, I definitely yeah. feel like there's a little a little spark missing. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, but... Let's keep talking. I'm going to kind of yeah, flash sure. up some cards. Sure. Yeah, we show the art. With, yeah. yeah, with uh, Legendary, though, we, we do had... We, we did feature some other artists, too, and they did a really yeah. good job. Um, so I was happy to have, like, the artists that we had come aboard. Because at first I was like, Abby, I'm just going to have you do all the art. Uh, that was yeah. the initial idea, yeah. and not not draw every character because there's over a hundred legends in Legendary. <laughs> so there's a lot, uh, but this would fall off. yeah, but there's probably like at least twenty pieces of art for characters, or twenty five, thirty, or so. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. actually. But there's a, there's a decent bit, maybe maybe twenty. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it, it would have been a lot for Abby. Yeah, so. but yeah, was, you know, a good bit of them were still really, especially I really liked doing Anne Bonnie, and then. Also a pirate, uh, what was the one that Ajax wanted? What was his? Oh, uh... Barth Bartholomew? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Bartholomew Roberts, uh, Black Bart. Well, yeah, bl yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. That one was cool. That was, <laughs> I think that actually has one of the coolest designs. I, I forgot that we had, I forgot that that was even the, the art, because that's in the Kickstarter, like, package. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And not in the Coral book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that one was really cool, too. <laughs> And it was fun to try to make him look like Ajax. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a little biased on that one just because I had a blast playing that game. That's one of my favorite games to play, Legendaria. I'm just I'm happy to hear that. I, I'm planning. I'm I'm wanting to host a game soon. I've just been nervous because of all the other world stuff going on. Yeah, I'm just like I don't know. Like I don't know how much it's gonna like split my attention. Yeah, uh, for for Legendaria, but. Legendary is so much fun, like whether I'm running it or playing it, it's just like oh, it's such a unique time. game. Yeah. Like, it is. I still like it. The hardest part about that game is pitching it to people. Yeah. For people watching right now, um, so just so we can kind of cover what Legendary is briefly, it's uh, basically like a role playing game, but you choose uh, you choose a character among a roster of over a hundred legends, and uh, the 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 very unique component about it is you play through text messaging. Yep. And no one knows what any of the actions being taken are. 
Except for the guy running the game. It's the perfect COVID game. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, 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 I pitched that too. I was like, hey, like, yeah. if, if you're locked inside or you, you don't want to be social, like, yeah. or you can't be social, then it, yeah. play this game because like, this game is perfect for that. And uh, yeah, I don't know that a lot of people bought into that specific messaging, but it's it's absolutely like it's absolutely true. Oh yeah, it, it really is. Like, um, yeah. no, I, I still have really good memories. Uh, did I only play it once? I remember when we I first played. played no, you you played multiple. You played a couple times. I least, yeah. But okay. When we when we first played, we we're like, let's see if this game's any fun because yeah. we had no idea if this game was gonna be fun. But yeah. we played it and we talked about that for like weeks i went home and made characters yeah like it was so much fun yeah and speaking of which that game has more input from trey on it than even other worlds does yeah i mean like you when you give me a lot of like feedback and stuff about other worlds but you like literally like went through and like you were writing out characters for legendary (laughs) and stuff it was hard to stop like it's addicting yeah it's because it's it's almost limitless as long as it's public domain. Like you can do whatever. Like and even for your personal like free time, like if we just play the game amongst ourselves, that wasn't like a product. Yeah, we could throw in Spider Man, Goku, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that just there was a my hero like, version. Like yeah. it, I worked like just two weeks of us knowing each other. I remember sitting next to you at the iHeart desk, and you were showing me all the all the characters you created and yeah. all the time that went into running it. through the, I would, I would seriously sit there at work cause I heart running the front desk. I'm just sitting there waiting for people to come in. So I got a lot of free time. So I would have like six or seven tabs open with like all these different historical figures. And then I'd be sitting here writing up stats and balancing it out and then going, okay, what can he do? What kind of special ability? Like, and that's what I did in my free time. It was pretty interesting what you figured out when it comes to the Tom Worley character, the Lynx. Oh yeah. And what you discovered about what, what, what was the character or what was it called? Was it just a Lynx? Oh, you're talking about the, you talk about the spirit or whatever. The, it's like a Bakaneko or something like that. It's like an angry spirit cat or something like that. Is that what you're talking about? Possibly. (laughs) <laughs> well, you you said something was inspired from, or you didn't realize that you had created this character that fit, like you had this whole backstory for the Lynx yeah. with Tom Worley, and it tied into one of the characters that you had done on... Oh, I don't even remember, to be completely honest with you. There's no telling, though. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And what's, and what's cool, too, is uh, like Trey and I could both design a character in Legendaria, uh, be almost completely different. Yeah, like um, Jack the Ripper, so like a historical figure. Like we both design this specific person, and we can also, also look at each other's and be like, "I see exactly how you created that." Like yeah. I see like why you chose everything you chose. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they, that, and they both fit. You yeah. Know? It's like a variant. Yeah, which is cool. And we do have a few variants in the game. Like the the dumbest one's Handsome Spartacus, <laughs> <laughs> where it's it's Spartacus, Spartacus. But, but he has a, a face mask that's kind of like the idea of like Handsome Jack. And I don't even know why we came up with that idea or where that came from. I don't either. <laughs> it's a part of the game because most of the things is not that. Yeah. But, but that is in the game. <laughs> and uh, it's it's Spartacus, but he has like completely different moveset. And he has one move that's like called I'm Spartacus. Yeah. I'm like, Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I want to say Ajax just kept making that reference. Anytime we do, anytime we bring up Spartacus, he'd be like, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking too, I was like, oh, I guess I could uh, reuse some of my art assets. Yeah. yeah. Just have like a face drawn and put it on them. So, you know, so as an indie game designer, you have to be uh, budget friendly when yeah. you can. So, and it, it made them play completely different too, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's cool. I think one of my favorites was Hansel and Gretel. 
Mm-hmm. Just because, like the the switcheroo there, like you can you can play around with it so much because you get to play two characters at once. Yeah, and no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> they do now that they're watching this podcast, but <laughs> no. But I I thought because that was my first like not I mean I guess official legendary playthrough. Like we had played a little bit. Like we we played like sitting around the table like one or two games. But that was the first one where you're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna at ten o'clock a.m. Oh, yeah, we're gonna yeah. have these. Like the, we actually did it over. The Hansel and Gretel was the first game. Oh, was it? Yeah, because that was the one where uh, wasn't there. Uh, Mulan and like yeah Odin. yep and yeah because Ajax was Odin yeah that was the first game that was an intense game, I loved that game so much. Uh, she was the you, yeah I was just the headless horseman we can never figure it well, out well it's funny <laughs> so what's funny is she was the headless horseman but tonight I, I love the idea of having mystery so I didn't want the headless horseman to just appear headless in front of people because yeah. people would know who it is so the idea is that she ha- she has an illusionary head from a, a person of that time period so mm. she would walk up and talk to people. And uh, they were in this group setting, and someone died, and uh, like Mulan just killed over and died. Yeah. Uh, after murder. her character was like, "Hua Mulan," and then she's like, oh, 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 and just falls over and dies, and everyone else is like, "What's going on?" Yeah. What just and happened? Caleb's character's like, "It has to be. It has to be her." So he like summons his sword. His angel wings fly out, and he flies towards her and goes to behead her, and it just goes right through his uh, her neck. Like just like a, just it's perfect because he just happened to target her head. Yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, I guess this is an illusion." And he's like, "Well, you fiend! Like we know you're up to no good." <laughs> and then if they hit her body, she would die. But, but we bought into it, and we were like, "Oh, he's a ghost!" They'll, they'll draw out their weapons and stuff, and like, "Oh, it's a ghost. We're just gonna let her be." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm a ghost. Bye." And just we, like left. We could have like, murdered her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and the and the way that played out was like crazy. Like we had a guy who was a Viking and. Oh and, and then she was like, hey, like, I know your true name. I could kill you at any moment, like, just by saying your name. Like, don't try to fight me. Yeah. He's like, you stupid headless horseman. I don't fear you. And he, like, jumped up in the air, like, brought down his axe. And then she's like, Ragnar Lothbrok. And he went, oh, my God. This guy just, oh, just died. Uh, and then. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, Caleb's character uh, met. And then uh, she's like, I know your, I know your real name. I could kill you at any moment. And the thing was that she she was bluffing. She had no idea what his real name <laughs> was. Uh, no, no. I... I don't think you knew the real name. And on top of it, uh, it doesn't work if the person's protected with gold armor. Any type of yeah. like, gold accessory armor. No, and he was, I, I'm pretty sure I did know his name. But okay. It's just, it's just that. Had, I think it was the gold armor. You just couldn't, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he had gold armor, though, but he didn't know that that negated it. Because no one knows anyone else's abilities. It's all a mystery. You have to investigate to figure it out. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you don't know what these things are. And so he, but he bought the bluff, and he's like, "Okay, I'll team up with you. I won't fight you." And that's literally what he did. And, <laughs> and speaking <laughs> of the the role playing aspect, you have role playing attributes that you could that are suggestions that you could lean into, but you're not penalized for not doing so. So as Hansel and Gretel, I was always eating candy, mm-hmm. always. And what's like, great is I have never seen anyone play that game without role playing. Yeah, I mean, like, it just fits. It yeah, just, I don't know, it just goes so well together. It'd be hard not to roleplay it. Yeah. It's like, how are you not going to like try to roleplay this at least a little bit? Ando and I talked about it when they were on the podcast mm-hmm. the other week, and uh, we talked about the... Ando played as St. Germain, and I played... I was running it, and I was Sherlock. Uh-huh. And I have, seriously, paragraphs from each of us. Like, we got into it, <laughs> and it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So... What I'm hearing is we definitely need some uh, legendary games going on. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> He's like, I just want to play something. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I miss it. Uh, I, I ran a few games, uh, I think, last year, but I, I don't think I've ran one. Maybe I ran one the beginning of this year. Maybe. Maybe. It was either the beginning know. of this year or late last year, but that was a ton of fun. <clears throat> a lot of interesting things going down. We had one, one of the last ones I ran was... Um, there, I can't remember. I, I can't remember a lot of the details, but I remember that it ended up with like no one was killing each other for the longest period of time, but there were kind of two factions at war with each other, and each each group ended up teaming up together and joining like one army. Yeah, and they literally went onto like a battlefield, and everyone but one person died. And it was like <laughs> it was like when I told the story. Yeah. It was like it was going on and on and on. It was like this person died. Dun, 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 dun. This person died. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This person died. And it was like people were just reading like, did I die? Did I die? Did I die? Like, yeah. And just people were dying one by one. Well, insane. and that's like that's that's very much legendary. Is you're you're trying to be the last one left alive. Mm-hmm. No disrespect. Now, are, gotta pee. Okay. There are variants where like like you could complete a story and beat it like they're like an alternative win condition. I yeah. should say. But like you're, the main meat of legendary is it's a battle royale like fight to the death last legend left surviving and it, and you're incentivized like the more you know about somebody's abilities the more you can prepare against their attack so you could shop for gold armor if you're fighting against the headless horseman because you know oh that's a weakness for them or you can quest and get like legendary items throughout history like it's so cool like just I don't know. And I think one of the last games that you played was uh, one that had Blake and uh, had one of my coworkers <laughs> playing had one of my friends Judson playing and uh, I think you're playing Jack the Ripper. And yeah. And there was explosions that went off everywhere. And I think you were like in a jail cell. And I think the, the jail crumbled it killed on you. me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what happened? Like, I don't know if you knew what happened with that. No, I, yeah. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Well, it, it, I don't know. It's it's kind of a neat way to die. Like, it, it sucks. But at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, it's dynamic. Like, yeah, the, so, so, the world's changing. Yeah. So Judson was playing uh, Phantom of the Opera. And, yeah. And he can uh, set up cellars that he sets up explosives under. Oh. So he had explosives set all up underneath oh. the jail. And up under all, of all these uh, other areas. <laughs> and he basically... Um, and uh, let's see, our, our, our friend and uh, patron uh, Murph was in the game playing uh, Lilith, um, who had teamed up with Masamune, and they were fighting off like two people or one person. And uh, Masamune actually acquired Excalibur, so he had, oh, he had Masamune and no. Excalibur, yeah. And he was wrecking faces, like he was just yeah. trying a ton, like he was doing awesome. Uh, but Phantom Opera spent the first half of the game or majority of the game just setting up all these bombs yeah and he's like showtime or whatever just like snapped his fingers everything blew that's up. so awesome uh and then it, it killed you it killed like one or two of their characters it got masamune down to like two health yeah uh and it got lilith down to like two health and it, it killed the person that they were fighting and then there was just like a bunch of rubble and then um the uh murph like playing uh lilith was just like i'm i'm knocked unconscious like i'm not doing anything i'm just laying on the rubble yeah like okay and then Phantom of the Opera shows up in front of Masamune and he's like, huh, it seems that you haven't died from this. Well, uh, we're in the end game now and it's time for me to kill you. And Masamune's like coughing up blood, like all the battles yeah. scratched and scathed. And he's like, you can try, you know, sorcerer, but you're not going to you know, take me down easily. And then uh, they had like a brutal fight. But the thing is, is the Phantom of the Opera uh, isn't the strongest physically nor magically. Yeah. But normally... He can get around an enemy as long as they are either weak to physical or weak to magical. Mm-hmm. The problem with Masamune for him is that since Masamune is a paladin class, he's one of the only fighters that actually has like a good magic. magic yeah. 
So Phantom of the Opera could not roll well enough. <laughs> oh, actually no. Hit. And literally, he's like trying to hit Masamune, and Masamune kept blocking and barely surviving, and then summoned Excalibur and stabbed it through uh, Phantom of the Opera <laughs> and killed him. And then as soon as he finished uh, Phantom of the Opera, he got lightning bolted from the back by the <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, piece of cake. <laughs> uh, and then Blake uh, came in and did the Stairway to Heaven or whatever. Yes. Played his music and then uh, took everyone to like some ethereal realm. Yeah, I remember went. that. Yeah, yeah. The alt win. The alt win. Yeah. So it was, it was a wild game. I still really, really love that Phantom of the Opera as a character that you can play. Oh yeah, there's there's so many. Like you like you said, there's a hundred. Yeah, so, like, we had one game where I was theming it around uh, like Cthulhu and like there was some, like weird like Eldritch World. Yeah, uh, but it was everyone started in the same room, and they could choose to investigate each other and maybe huh. pull each other down the road. But they could also try to work together. Uh, but as the game went on, they might start going insane. They might yeah. start being driven to madness. Uh, someone in the room was like uh, not aligned with them, like a secret agent kind of thing, and like things were going on. And by the end of it, um, Cer- the only ones left alive was Cerberus and Red Riding Hood, oh. and they teamed up to fight Cthulhu. Um, oh, that's and, awesome! And they lost; they both died. Yeah. And Cthulhu resurrected them, and 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 now there's a, an a, like I want to create basically an Eldritch Red Riding Hood that that oh ride Cerberus. Oh, that as, would be as a, sick. As a, a legend. Yeah. And that, that would actually be something that happened from the campaign. Yeah. Well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, as you know, I could, t- I could talk about this stuff all day. Uh, probably wouldn't be healthy, but um, <laughs> yeah. Do, do probably gotta get going, I guess, but it's, I don't know. I, it's uh so as we special talking about it, you know? as we wrap up, where can people find where 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 can people find you? What where can they find more about Vindicate Entertainment? The absolute best place is vindicateentertainment.com. That's where I try to have links to everything. I have information about all the games being worked on, all the games released, all the products we have out, our Twitch channel, YouTube channel, all that stuff. Vindicateentertainment.com. I'll uh, be sure that they have a link so they can link it below. Yep. Um, number one best spot. Uh, we have a cool Discord community where you can see like very up to date like with what we're doing. Uh, but we also use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, some of those more than others. Uh, Facebook doesn't like to show everyone yeah. things. Uh, they have a terrible algorithm for that. Uh, Instagram I like a decent bit, but it's kind of like you know. <laughs> and then Twitter I don't use as much uh, for the company, but you know we we try to put stuff out there every so often. Okay. Website's the best though. Website and then. Follow whatever, uh, where other the social media as you prefer. Well, very cool, wonderful. Well, thank you both. Yeah, for it's real, it's been a blast. You're very welcome. Yeah. You're very welcome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely uh, need to play some more games with you guys soon. Deal. Yes. Would love that. I'm. I've been neglected <laughs> when it comes to games. So you just didn't know what you were missing. I didn't. <laughs> I've neglected myself. Yeah. So I mean, at least you get to experience firsthand heads or tails. That's a yeah. rare treat. Y- Yes, and I I want one. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, well. I mean, good news is I, I I'm gonna I brought one of these here to gift to you guys, so you guys oh. can have this. <gasps> you didn't have to no. do to have me on the show. So I'm not sure how you guys want to split it or do it or anything. You guys can have you it have here. It. You guys can play it. I was <laughs> say I have enough. Like. <laughs> I would feel bad taking it because I've already got Spellslinger, Spellslinger's other world. So I've got the we'll other just, rule book. I've got Legendary rule book. We'll just leave it in the house. I don't see, I don't cool see many house parties I'm going to the in the next. The community heads or tails. There we go. 
community heads or yeah. tails. Hey, maybe if you have someone who's really into games that's on the show or something, yeah. you can show it to them. It doesn't even have to be on, on the uh, podcast, but just you can show the yeah. game to uh, some people that stop by, things like that. I would love to just play around randomly yeah. of heads or tails on the show uh, with an with a just guest. Could just be a challenge. We just do one round. Yeah. Hey, we could put it, you know. I like that. It'll be a yellow ball because it's yeah. not like. Yeah, it's it's nothing. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that, sir. You're yes. very welcome. You're very welcome. Much also, do you guys like LaCroix? Because I don't. But I have tons of it in my car. <laughs> Long story. I actually do, yeah. Okay. I'll drink LaCroix. So so I haven't had it. I'm just, I haven't opened it and tried it because I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of wasting it. I don't like wasting Fair stuff. Fair enough. I don't think I'd like it. But I have a ton of it in my car. I, I make a non-alcoholic cocktail with LaCroix with tell me apple that? cider vinegar and it's a whole I'm thing. I'm going to give you some of the LaCroix. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give some of it to my parents. I'm going to give some of it to you guys. Okay. Uh, long story short is we did a stream where we're watching uh, the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Yeah. And we played a drinking game where we had to just like drink tons of uh, Lur- Well, the thing is I had I had a different sparkling water. And <clears throat> yeah. I, I, was going, I was working my way through that and then was going to go to LaCroix. Didn't get quite that far. I ended the sparkling water that I had right before the the Lorcoy stuff, uh, uh, so I didn't ever have to have the Lorcoy. Never cracked. And also, it. and also, I had it where the uh, the my like everyone else there went to Lorcoy before I did because I was kind of you know because <laughs> yeah. everyone was telling me by comparison the sparkling water I had was much better. So I was like, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, this I'm gonna savor it. Uh, those are called ugly drinks. Interesting. I'll check that out. They're, they're, I like sparkling water, so. Well, ugly to me, like they said, like that the ugly sparkling water is the best sparkling water they had, so might be worth checking out. Interesting. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. All right. Well. So after this, uh, they're getting some Lacroix. <laughs> Heck yeah. Their heads or tails game. Heads or tails and Lacroix doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Vincent. Thank you, Abby. Very thank well. you, guys. And until next time, we've been the Scottish Hush Puppy, and I got some food to go eat. And until then, my ghastly gang, stay spooky. Think it's be my third Jordan Belfort